all employees could lease a GTR. Every single person I've seen that has owned one is like, yeah, it's cool, but it's just another Nissan. Let me tell you something, right? I did the Jay-Z swap and I drove the car, freshly Jay-Z swapped from Clarksville to Nashville Super Speedway with Wise Fab. Hell no. Joke. You would Harsh. say your car is more street car first, drift car second? Yes and no. Okay. Built in that way, but it'll never see the street. At the time, yeah, you could buy an S13, yeah. run in and drive them for three grand, and then three grand turned to four, four grand turned to six, and then now all of a sudden you get a one color S13 and everybody wants nine grand for it. There's been plenty of people I know that run rep CR Kiwami, rep CR Kai, whatever. Truthfully, as long as the wheel fitment is good, don't That's really care. You had a car that made 500 horsepower like 15 years ago. That was a badass car. Now you got a 500 horsepower car, you're still getting gapped by a Hellcat. Don't get me started on those. Have you ever driven one? No. Absolute fucking trash. <laughs> They're the worst fucking cars ever. Everyone just rolls out. There's no rigs or anything like that. And drifting has progressed to this point now where some people just feel like they can't even get into the sport because they don't have a rig. The car scene in Korea, ironically, is a lot of American cars. That's the expensive, like, you gotta have this type of car. Fresh off the boat, 180SX. And I said, hey man, what's got, what you got going on to this? And he was just like, ah, uh, you know, I just got this car. And I was like looking at it and I saw an Adam LZ sticker on the inside. I was like, oh, this car's fucked. Gotta stay fresh like a brand new grip that new smell. Switching the dust to step. They try to take. And of course, hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Before we get into this podcast, I want to let you guys know who the Bridge Moto giveaway winners are. And if you guys remember, there is four winners, so let's get into it. Before I announce the winners, uh, I will be reaching out to you guys probably today or tomorrow to get shipping addresses and stuff like that. I'm going to make this quick so that we can get straight into the podcast. I guess first place, we'll start at fourth place. Fourth place is at Apex Wizards. Congratulations, buddy. And then third place winner is at Drift Santee on Instagram. So congratulations to you too. And for the second place winner, that will be at Crook underscore Built underscore. Congratulations, man. If you don't remember what place won what, fourth place, you'll get the choice between the blue or the black harness straps. The third place will get one of those. They get to choose first. And then fourth place gets whichever one they don't. And then second place winner got the pink toe strap, the white t-shirt, and then the yellow, black, and pink harness strap. Everything for the first place winner on this side, which is the red toe strap, special edition Fury Kai. That's still hard to say steering wheel along with the harness straps to match that and then hoodie as well so that brings us to the first place winner which is at six berries which i've actually seen him on tiktok before round of applause for all of you guys thank you to everyone who entered if you want to make sure you don't miss out on the next giveaway go ahead hit the subscribe button and let me know what do you guys want to see for the next one anyways let's get back to the podcast welcome back to the number one drift podcast on youtube i am dawson and this is jay glasgow nice thank you for coming 
Uh, before we get into it, uh, don't forget to subscribe, of course. So look below the video if that button is still red. Might as well go ahead and click it because you're here watching anyways. You did a great job at this. If you do want to be on the podcast, don't forget you can submit your drift resume. Uh, I'll put the email on the screen and in the description. Uh, just make sure to put the subject line as drift resume so I can sort it out in my email. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, Jay Glasgow. I've uh, been drifting since like 2016. I've had my S13 since 2014. And man, like for and that's my only drift car. It's been my only drift car. Oh yeah. And so it's the first car I bought too on my own. And oh, that wow. car has taken me a long way. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> because of that. It's one seen car. a lot of different things too. Well, yeah, man. So I um so I was born in Virginia, like Richmond area. So and I bought the car in Virginia. Yeah. But after I bought the car. Um, there's a couple of things that I did to it while I was gone. Cause, um, I actually in the army. So like we get sent off to like okay. different places for, thank you for your service, you know, long periods of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I come from a military family, so I definitely understand that. Yeah. So when I bought it, it was just a stock S13, you know, five speed single cam. Yeah. Probably made a hundred horsepower on a good day. And then. It actually, so, and the way I got it, and this is what I mean by, like, just by owning the car, like, it, like, puts me in, like, different circles of people, because mm. the person I bought the car from, I ended up meeting that person, or, like, hanging out with that person's friend group, like, later on, just by virtue of just owning that car, because mm. the dude's name, I think his name is uh, Joshua Lay, right? That sounds familiar. And he had, like, four, like, S13s or something like that, <laughs> and I was told that his wife told him he had to sell one and that's the one that i happened to buy ah. so it already had coils on it it already had a welded diff it just okay had, it, was it was relatively set up yeah yeah but i think i had that car in virginia for like a year and i wasn't even like with it but afterwards i like moved to tennessee and that's where i really started meeting like a bunch of people just by yeah. just by owning the car Right. Oh yeah, you will hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, so the first question I want to ask mm -hmm. is, since you have a two forty, do you think they're junk? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the cars are junk. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. In compare, okay, cool. if you're gonna compare a two forty to like a three fifty Z or an E forty six or like pretty much anything made after two thousand. Yeah, it's it's a little thank you. It's a little junky. All right. <laughs> like I'm doing things now to like try and make the car like bring the car into the modern age. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, I Change mean, it up to speed. Yeah. Like, you know, most of the times when people get S13s, they're just like, I'm going to pull the AC and the heat out of this thing. Yep. And I'm like, how about this? I'm going to put the AC and heat back in it. Right. <laughs> so you put AC yeah, back in it. And like you just think about it. It's like, wait a minute, like your regular car, like AC heat. Yeah. Like, come on. You know, but yeah, I think that just comes yeah, with age rice. too. Like, I think it comes with age because I yeah. think over time it's just like, bro, do you really want to be sitting in this car when it's a hundred degrees I outside? I don't think that, man. From the day they were made, they were like, you, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but the strut towers are a little bit off sometimes. Like, yeah. they were not manufactured the best. Yeah, I was whatsoever. gonna say the beer can material, basically. Yeah. 
<laughs> like it's like a civic. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Um, you know Tommy Coldwaters? You know him? Yeah. Yeah. So me and a homie, uh, my buddy Raymond, he um we went down to an event and Tommy was driving. And you know Lanier has those um those like barriers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like he hit one of those barriers, and I guess the way that is set up, if you hit like the first one and there's a link of seventh, that seventh one's just gonna come around and like smack the front end in the car. <sighs> but he hit just one of those barriers and it like ripped a hole in the quarter panel. Jesus. Yeah. Like straight up, just like well, however he hit it, it just like it's like a <laughs> slash. It's like a slash. In the quarter. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So yes, S13s are kind of kind of junk. I'm gonna I'll, I'll admit that. There you go. Send those prices there down. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck your prices. Bring them down. down. <laughs> uh, so how long did you kind of go with uh, the whole single slammer? How, how I that had last? that for all of like four months, maybe five months. Because you know what? Last. The, here's a funny thing, though. Like, so being that I was in Virginia, the Honda scene is actually pretty huge, right? Okay. Uh, and when I was coming through high school, everyone had Hondas. If yeah. you were into cars, you had a Honda of some kind, right? So initially... When I was looking at a car to buy, I was looking for a Honda, like whether it be a Civic or whether it be an Acura Integra mm. or something like that. That's what I was looking for. The 240SX, I technically bought like just because it was like in my price range, right? It just came up on Facebook before Facebook Marketplace was even for. a thing. You, you want to know? <laughs> yeah. 2600 bucks. Shit. It had 130,000 miles on it, <laughs> right? Like I said, Raceland coilovers. Um, Welded diff. It had arms. It had the ISR or ISIS. It had the ISIS, ISIS arms. Yeah. yeah. I'm really dating it right Old there. Old logo. Yeah. But yeah, the single slam was good, you know, for a little bit. But I also didn't buy it knowing what a 240 really was. Oh, okay. Yeah. You so, kind of went into it blind. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, this is just a cool street car that's rear wheel drive. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, then I saw that animal style video, like the sharking lot video, the one that yeah. everyone has seen. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. oh, this is what a 240 does. <laughs> I'm like, dope. And then like Ryan Cotto became like my hero. And I was like, he has an RB20. I was like, that's perfect. I'm going to put an RB20 in my car. 2023, Jay, talking to 2014, Jay, don't do that. Don't put, don't, don't, don't put an RB20 in your okay. car. Okay. That's a bad idea. So I got a, I got a buddy, Coy, that um, actually the Driven Lux circuit, have you seen any of that yet? I don't think so. Uh, so it'll be, he, they're building a track. It's a road course track. Oh. That, uh, yeah, he's going to be yeah, coming on yeah. soon uh, I think to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you think you shared that. Yeah, yeah. That. But he runs an RB20 in his uh, S14. Okay. So And he loves it. I'm not saying they're bad, right? I'm not saying RBs in general are bad. Yeah. What I'm saying is that when you have issues with them, it's significantly harder to fix them because there are no parts for them here like that's true a jay-z i will say that yeah right jay-z it's like now raw brokerage and stuff like that they are very oh, good yeah, with that, their shipping stuff that's like exactly that, so where i got all my rb stuff yeah yeah i was like <laughs> i'm gonna get a rb 20 and then i'm gonna do the the raw brokerage swap kit that came with the wiring specialties harness uh mishimoto radiator intercooler yeah. and all that stuff it was dope it was a good setup right but i will say because i um one of my friends, like he, when I blew it the first time, like, mm. um, and I didn't really blow it. I think what ended up happening was it jumped time. That's exactly what happened. How it did that, I think I was at Nashville Super Speedway, and you know, and we were running it um, 
basically with the big sweeper. Yeah. So I did the hairpin, and then when I was coming around the hairpin to hit that first 90-degree turn, mm-hmm. um, I think I went far outside, and I ended up going in the dirt, but I didn't push the clutch in, and so the car rolled backwards. Oh. I think that's what happened, right? Damn. Like, years later, like, because at first I was just like, oh, just jump time because I was an idiot and probably did something wrong. That's crazy. But... Yeah, that's how I blew the RB. And so I kind of was at this point, I was like, okay, do you want to keep buying RBs for $700 Yeah, and keep putting them back in the car, right? And still only making like $220, $250 maybe. Yeah, with an RB20, right. you're not making much. Yeah. And then do you want to do that or you want to get something that's like better than that? Yeah. So the 1J came up and that's when I started to do all the whole 1J swap and like, shit. If I had to compare, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I also, that's what I'm saying. It's like the RB was 800 bucks, right? Okay. That was one of my next questions. How much you paid for it? Where'd you get it from actually? eBay. eBay. Okay. Yeah. Can't even tell you on eBay. I just know it came from <laughs> eBay. showed up on I had a pallet. Pay, yeah. Know. Showed up on a pallet or <laughs> uh, in my par- at my parents' house, right? Because I was still in, um, I was still in school at that time too. But <laughs> the Jay-Z was like 1200 bucks when yeah. I got it, right? And this is also before Jay-Z's were like $5,000, right? So, you know, like yeah. I bought that for 1200 bucks, finished my Jay-Z swap, and then like six months later, all of a sudden, VVTI1 Jay's were like $5,000. And I was like... Score! Oh. I was like, okay. Yeah, so um, <laughs> someone asked me, Brad Wallace, um, from, uh, I think he, wor- he works with Jake Elliott. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he asked me yesterday, he was like, so how does it feel to do a Jay-Z swap like six months before they got like absurdly expensive? Yeah. And I was like, at first I was relieved and then like the panic set in because I was like, wait, if I like destroy this thing, like I probably won't be able to afford so to replace it. One of the big it. things I'm nervous about with my yeah. car. <laughs> but that's the thing. I got that RB for 800 bucks with the transmission and everything. Mm-hmm. You know what else I got for 800 bucks? Uh, IS300 dropout with a five speed. ECU transmission yeah. harness everything was like eight hundred bucks. Damn. Right. So I'm Good like finding that. You know, and I was like, I don't even have it right now. It's like it's off stored away for yeah, yeah. when if something happens with the current setup. But, <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully not. <laughs> but you know, that's what I mean. I got that. It's a two J. You know what I'm saying? It's a full running drive. Oh, it was not drive, but running swap. Yeah. For like 800 bucks. And then I got, I think I got a 1J block, like spare from somebody for like a set of injectors. Like someone. What the fuck? Yeah. I think, um, oh yeah. So there's this dude named Jordan Clark. Really cool dude. He had a S13 non-VVTI 1J. Okay. He needed injectors for his VVTI 1J project or something like that. So I gave him the injectors and my wiring harness and he gave me the 1J block. Damn. Hell right. yeah. See, I almost went 1J whenever I, I got my car. And I, I'm pretty sure I've told this story before, but yeah. it was posted on Facebook Marketplace. It had engine, trans, ECU, wiring harness for the exact same price that I paid for my RV setup. Mm. The exact same thing. Yeah. Engine, trans, harness, ECU. But just 1J. <clears throat> but it was a 1J. Yeah. Um, uh, it was non-turbo as well. And I'll, I'll always say 1J is my favorite motor. Yeah, 100% is. It just sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. You make good power on stock block. 100%. But 
I had seen the RBB abused and abused, and it just took every bit of it. Yeah. Still had never been open, and I knew that for a fact. So mm-hmm. I was like, JDM Magic, let's stick with it. <laughs> and yeah. it kept it Nissan, too, so that was pretty cool. That's what I was trying to do at first, too. But I was also not trying to drift my car at first, too. Like, that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, when I first got into it, like, Calvin Molly was, like, totally my different. thing. Yeah, yeah, Calvin Molly, I watched his channel, which is just an RB20 S13 at the time. And he just drove it around. Yeah, had a good time with it. Sounded cool, and I was like, "Yeah, that would be great." And then I met the fools that I that I met before, uh, <laughs> and they're just like, "Hey, there's this event at Clarksville Speedway, right?" Clarksville. <laughs> Clarksville uh, was my first event, man. Is my first. That was my first like drifting with anything. Yeah, you know? I took a ride in, I don't know whose car, uh, Marco Martinez, whatever he was driving at the time. I think he had like a. Oh, just attending, it was your first event. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't driving. I wasn't planning to drive anything. But, you know, Clarksville was just, I don't know, it was like down the street, basically. If you yeah. work at Fort Campbell, then like, yeah, Clarksville yeah. like 20 minutes from post. And yeah, I had no intention of drifting my car. And then I did, you know, so here we are. <laughs> so It all turned up to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and like I said, like all that was just from like, meeting people just by having the car right yeah i got to like the first day right i traveled from virginia 10 hour drive in that car right terrible by the way again no ac yeah right 270 ac two windows down 70 miles an hour right (laughs) it was still hot (laughs) fuck that i had to drive all the way to texas one time without ac that was a horrible experience right in the middle of summer that sounds awful anyways yeah, so first day I get there, um, I'm driving, and there's another S13 that pulls up to me at a stoplight, right? And there's this dude, and his name is Rob Blake. He, like, looks out the window, and he looks at me, and he's just like, oh, you're new. And yeah. I was just like, yeah. And he was just like, you should come to the meet. And I'm like, oh, where's that? And then the light turned green, and we went our separate ways. Yep. And I was like, hmm. So there's a meet. Guess I got to find this meet. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I did? I just started driving around and I saw somebody working on their modified car. I think it was a Veloster, which I hate. But oh, I was just like, you know God, what? I'll talk those. to him because he's modifying or doing something. Yeah. Right. So I talked to him. I was like, hey, there's something about a meet going on. He's like, oh, yeah, it's called BAM. Right. And I was Bam. like, where's that? It's like books a million. And I was like, okay. So solid. Let's go. Dude, I go to books a million that night. The meet's supposed to start at eight. I get there at like 9 30. You know, because yeah. I'm on colored people time, you know, <laughs> I'm on CPT, right? I get there at 930, I roll in and there's like five other 240s there and like a whole bunch of other cars. So like, this is probably back when like car meets were still like pretty decent. Yeah. You know, I miss those days. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're not like that anymore. Like they're every, also everybody's even like to, showcase. Yeah, meets. they're yeah. horrible. Yeah, I was like, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah, but I pull into this meet. There's a bunch of like really like interesting cars there, right? And I in, end up meeting a whole bunch of people. Um, so Rob was there, and then I met another dude 
named Justin who also owned an S13, which was like Sylvia. Uh, it's like that seafoam green two-tone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 16. Yes. Really stylish car. So, And then at that point, too, they put me on these Facebook groups, right? Because okay. I didn't have any groups because I was just buying stuff from Njuku Racing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm new to this. I have no idea. Exactly. Right? So I get on this Nashville Drift Parts or whatever, and I was like, okay, well, you know, we're just looking at different things to get. And I think Marco had like, this dude, Marco Martinez had like uh, mm -hmm. knuckles or something like that. So I go over to his house, right? Sells me the knuckles. And then we just start talking, right? Hell yeah. And then next thing you know, John Elrod is there. And like, he just, he's about to go to a drift event in Memphis with traction optional. And I was like. That was my first event. Yeah. So funny thing about your first event, I was there. Right? You were? Yeah. So Chris, um, what's it? How do you say it? Sachansky? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. He was borrowing Jackson's car. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the passenger seat. Oh. <laughs> That's fucking yeah, hilarious. I was there. I, I remember you telling this story. I was like, this, this sounds really familiar. It's like the sleet, right? Or yeah, like yeah. whatever it was, it was just like unbearable out there. Damn. We just had the drivers meeting Chris's trailer. Were you walking around with a camera? Probably. I don't know. I don't know if I was at that time. Maybe, okay. maybe not. Because I remember one dude coming up to me. He looked kind of like you. Mm -hmm. That had, He was walking around with a camera. He was vlogging and shit. No, yeah, I don't do Ask that. Ask for ride-alongs and <laughs> shit. I, was, I, was like, I don't I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> vlogging? I was like, I tried vlogging for like all of like three episodes. And I'm like, I feel stupid with like the camera in front of my face like that. Yeah. It can feel that way sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, so I ended up meeting Marco and then John and then like Next thing you know is like, oh, I was supposed to you know, head out to Memphis for this event, but I couldn't make it. Mm. But then we ended up doing this Clarksville event. So now I just met all the people that I was met at that one meet. Now they're at this drift event. So now I'm meeting everybody. Hell and like yes. all this stuff turns up and like people. And then Clarksville was like this, this like, it was still relatively new from what I understand. Like in 16, I don't think they started okay. drifting Clarksville till like maybe 15 or 14. There's some people that, that are in Clarksville. Right, yeah. yeah, I'm sure if you ask Jake, he might. Jake might know exactly when they started drifting there. But I think we talked about it on his episode. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Clarksville's been and around for a know. minute. It's been around for a minute, and like when they first started out, I mean, dude, it was forty bucks to drive, like forty yeah. bucks to when drive. When I started, it was like sixty at most. Yeah, so like I know the price structure now is a little bit. It's a little kind of crazy for one day, but yeah, that's what it used to be. 40 mm -hmm. bucks, right? And we would drive that. I remember when they did their first night event. Yeah. Like same thing. We just keep driving and driving and driving. And like eventually, like with my car, I would just, you know, figure out what the next thing to to do was. And I learned how to drive at Clarksville. And eventually that led to going to Nashville Super Speedway. National Super Speedway in 2016, at least. Here. Yeah, it is, and it's and that's a that's the cool thing. That's one thing I like about that track is yeah. that it's still kind of like. I think at one point it was like kind of like how Irwindale is, where they're just like it might be the last one that we do. Yeah, right? every event, so it might might be the last one. So people always come out for it. But now that like I think it's purchased and stuff, I think people are like, you know, they've slowed down on it a little bit. Yeah, that's but for they're sure. like more like, I guess. They're hosting more events, so people are still like going, right? So they yeah. can, you know, have that sealed up. But before, like, you know, National Super Speedway, from what I understood, it was like 
always on the on the brink of just like closing yeah and like no events literally all well it it wasn't necessarily that it was just you could never get the availability that because yeah. nissan was always shoving their fucking cars in there yeah they stored all new because nissan has a big plant here in smyrna which is like 30 minutes away from here mm. and they would use this entire track facility to store some of their cars pretty much yeah i heard that uh employees that work there could lease like gtrs for like nothing which is why there's a bunch of gtrs in this area ah is that what it is i think so because i'm telling you like a while back gtrs died on me so quick because of that yeah i lived in smyrna when they came out that makes sense so it was yeah i heard every you couldn't drive a mile down the road without seeing two of them yeah i i heard that the employees like all employees you could lease a gtr so like your janitor at Smyrna Hell Nissan no. <laughs> is driving a GTR. If you got six hundred dollars a month, you yeah, can lease this bitch. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know how true that is, but like that's what I heard. Why there's GTRs everywhere. I had a coach, uh, an assistant coach of mine uh, yeah. in high school that rent that leased one for a year, and like you had to go the first hundred miles, babying the absolute shit on it because it had a computer like yeah uh, locking whatever it was, um, and he said he. He got to lease it for dumb cheap just because he worked at Nissan. That's <laughs> yeah, it was a hundred percent true. That's that's why it was like that. The GTR is not even that great of a daily driver. No, <laughs> like, it sucks. Why would you drive? It absolutely every day? sucks. Every single person I've seen that has owned one is like, yeah, it's cool, but it's like just another Nissan. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and call it a, a Maxima, but it's I'm a bougie saying, G35. That's, yeah, that's like what it you is. know what I'm saying, and it's. I don't know. It's just a lot of money for a car that's just like, I don't know. I don't even know. A brand new one's damn near a hundred grand. Yeah. You could buy so many better cars with a hundred. You could build your own car 10 times as better for a hundred grand. Yeah. That's all I got to say. But yeah, Nashville (laughs) Super Speedway, I'm glad that it still has that where like people definitely want to show up and it's not like a track that's like dead or anything. If anything, they've expanded the level of events now. More than they're I've getting a little bit more strict with it and very fucking expensive. Have you do you realize how much it is to rent that place now? I don't know how much it is to rent. I just know that when I went to go drive it, it was like 200 bucks. It's like $9,500 a day to rent Jeez. that fucking track, but you get the entire infield. But like that grass, you though. don't use the entire infield. Yeah, you stay off that grass, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then all the spectators are like sixty feet from the track behind a fence, and it's all flat, so you can barely see shit. Yeah, yeah, I I seen that too. But yeah, at that time when Nashville Super Speed, when I went there, uh, Matt Lynch was still driving an S thirteen with a sick V eight in it, and yeah. it was, and Human had the LS seven, three fifty Z. Yep. And I think I rode with him one time, and that was the first time I did my experience and entry at triple digits. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't think this was possible. <laughs> right. First time I experienced it was in my own car. That was terrifying. Yeah. And Priam was like huge back then too. Like Yeah, East 10 was big around here. East 10, uh Midwest Drift Union. That's yeah. That was like Them the too. really big like thing. Like sometimes when we were doing Clarksville events. Right, Hooman would pull up in the with the red Z. It was just like, whoa, yeah, like, his big ass fucking trailer. Yeah, that nobody yeah. else or had. Like Brian Shirali would pull up in a LS S fourteen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, like this is this is getting crazy. Like they got the V eights and all the Wise Fab and all this stuff. Yeah, 
right and I was cars just, way too much for this track yeah here so I appreciate and then, it. like yeah at that time too i was just like oh yeah like i want to do a drift car then like so i start pulling like some interior stuff out yeah right and like now i'm looking back at it and i was just like thank god i did not pull that carpet out of that car or like some of this other stuff and i'm like dude it took me like a year and a half to find like trunk interior for an s13 I'm sure. Trunk interior. And the only reason I got it is because when my friends had a coupe that they were selling. And they were <laughs> let nice me steal that out of there real and quick. And they were nice enough to let me have it, right? That's the thing, right? It's so crazy to just find. This is plastic. That's all it yeah. is. But my yeah, Z, I was like, I yeah, I'm gonna go, out. I'm gonna go drift car, dude. Like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna put Wise Fab on the car. I'm mm. like, this will be great. And it was my only car. So I bought Wisefab from Matt Lynch, oh, no. and I put it stock RB20 with Wisefab, right? Yeah, he totally needs that. Terrible, <laughs> terrible idea, terrible idea. And then I ended up keeping the Wisefab even after the RB20 blew, and then I'm sitting there trying to street drive a Wisefab. No. Terrible. Absolutely Don't not. do that. Just don't. <laughs> How far do you have to drive on a daily basis during that? <laughs> Let me tell you something, right? I did the Jay-Z swap. And I drove the car, freshly Jay-Z swapped, from Clarksville to Nashville Super Speedway with Wise Fab. Hell no. Drove the car at the event and then drove it back. Dude, as soon as you go over a bump, I bet it was Yeah, it was score. like any, it's just like you're, it's the caster and like the, or no, the way the toe was, it was just like falling all the cracks in the road, right? It was kind of rough, Fuck. right? And then on top of that, I was also an idiot because at the time... The car wasn't even technically tuned. <laughs> Forrest, my tuner, slash, or what I would say, your tuner's tuner, because he's just that good. Right? Yes. Forrest, he sent me a map to let to so I can drive the car around. Mm -hmm. Me thinking, like, oh, he sent me a map and the car's running good. So that just means I can do all the stuff. You can do the dumb shit now. Yeah, yeah. No, I got the dad talk that day from Ooh. Forrest because he was just like, hey. Fucking idiot. He's like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and now, like, on a, it's like ironically, I'm that person too, because now I'm tuning certain cars and I have to tell people, hey, like, don't be an idiot. Like, yeah, this tune Rolls is only set up for now. this. Yeah, like, don't, don't be doing there's a guy that I'm tuning, there's a guy's car I'm tuning right now. It's a 2JZ swapped FD. Oh, right? yeah. The car I hadn't ran in 13 years. It ran on an AEM version one. And I'm like, bro, this thing belongs in a museum. Like, yeah. take that thing so out. So does my Niz tune. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's like, we get them on a link. We get the car running. And it's having little issues here and there. Like, I'm trying to, like, you know, get worked out. Because the car yeah. hasn't run it. Like, I remember we're sitting here trying to drive the car and the fuel pressure's not doing anything. Right? I'm like, bro, you got the vacuum line hooked up to the fuel pressure regulator? <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, what do you mean what I mean? Like... Hook that up, man. <laughs> it's supposed that's supposed to be there. Yeah, like we open the, the hood thing. and the hose is the hose is like six inches from the from the regulator. I'm like, you didn't think we had to hook <laughs> that think up? This like went somewhere possibly. Yeah. So, you know, that's but yeah, I had to We've he, all been there. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's all right. <laughs> yeah, Forrest gave me the dad talk. He was just like, Don't don't do that, right? Oh yeah. But yeah, man, wise fab on the street, don't big no no. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I went to GK Tech after that, and it's a lot better. It's a lot more bearable. Okay, that's that's normally a different route than most people. Normally, they go from GK Tech to Wisefab. Yeah, exactly. So right? I went from stock angle to Wisefab because I was just like, well, why why hit that step in the middle? Just go straight yeah, let's for the, just go for the, the baller stuff. setup. Yeah, Matt Matt Lynch gave me a good deal on the Wisefab. I think I got it for a thousand bucks. That's a thousand bucks. 
And that came with a relocated subframe, uh, a relocated uh, rack and everything. Oh, sick. Yeah, okay. thousand bucks. And I was like, sweet. And I put it on and I was just like, mm. the track <laughs> performance. Absurd. Yeah, the track <laughs> performance is great, but the street performance is just like, nah. $1,000 angle kit made you need a whole new car. Yeah, I mean, at, at, and, I was gonna, and I was going all in on it too because I had two sets at one point oh, fuck. i was taking the drift stuff like way too seriously and i was like spending way too much money right but because i was like oh yeah i'm more in pro i am at one point what was the biggest mistake you would say of from all of that era definitely would say between the interior stuff like that i pulled out yeah. and like the wise fab thing yeah i would say that those two <laughs> things because <laughs> Yeah, it just I don't know. I just wouldn't the way I my the way my my car's set up now is a lot more friendly to the for the street stuff. And the only downside to the car now is just the gearing, right? Okay, Cuz it's a yeah. CD09 with a 408 rear. So yeah, basically you're doing 65 miles an hour and it's at like 3000 rpm. So <laughs> it's like the motor's cooking just to do <laughs> yeah. 70. So but that's kind of the the only thing. Outside of that, though, I was I didn't pull the back seats out, thankfully. So I still had back seats. I still had carpet, right? And you know, I didn't put a cage in the car either. So for now, right? And I'm still probably gonna, car. yeah, I'm still probably <laughs> gonna put a cage in it. I'm just kind of I kind of go back and forth between the whole like um like bolt-in cage versus like a weld-in cage. Like some people say bolt-ins don't do anything, right? And then weld-in, it's just kind of like intrusive to the car because mm. once you put it in like you can't really take it out yeah it's right? in there so if you're gonna do it and that's one thing too i was like if i'm gonna put a cage in it i want to do it right so i'm either gonna have chris ward do it from top garage mm -hmm. or i'm gonna get one of those ultra tight cages from um cage kits or something like that yeah but cage kits is who i've looked at considering but lots of stuff. dude i'll it's hard for me because the 350Z is already such a strong fucking chassis for no reason. It is. It has door bars. It has all the shit. So it's like, I don't, I don't want to go through that work to put a fucking cage in. And if I did, I would only put a half cage. Exactly. Because like I don't really care to have a full cage. I'm not doing comp. I just need something to hold some damn harness bars. So you like or some? You would harnesses. say your car is more street car first, drift car second. Or the other way uh, around? Yes and no. Okay. It's built in that way, but it'll never see the street, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah I, and that's the thing. that uh, So I asked that because I kind of hadn't had that shift myself, where it's yeah. just like, okay, drift car first, street car second would kind of imply a different set of parts Yeah. or what you would do with the car. Rather than say streetcar first, then drift car second, mm -hmm. right? Streetcar first to me is like, like a even a even a busted 350Z still has like probably still has AC. It still probably has mm -hmm. heat. It yeah. still probably has like you know decent interior per se, right? Well, or not even busted, that. but not amount of busted. The Z heat. interior is trash. I mean, but, you know, plastic. what I'm saying all the panels are there. Like the speedometer works. You know, all the gauges work. Yeah, yeah. You know, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Now, stuff like this, little stuff like that, right? Whereas if you say drift car first, it's like, okay, all I need is a temp gauge and oil pressure. That's it. <laughs> I've, I've seen plenty of cars. So yeah. Those are the only two. I don't gauges. even need the tack, bro. Leave yeah, it. just give me the tack, right? And like me, I'm like super, I'm very meticulous about what the temps are, right? Because I mean, I was at, um, I was at Muscleman and I had a guy that was with me. You, R- you had an RB. Of course you had to be worried about that. Yeah. So it just bled <laughs> over to Jay-Z, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Some people tell me, I think the guy, uh, Curtis, Curtis, he's, um, He's Andrew Hately's mechanic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He built my motor. Right. And he's just like, bro, I've seen these things do like 300 degree water temps. I'm like, Curtis, I don't do that. Don't say that to me. I'm not trying to do that. Like I, but yeah, I had a guy that was with me at Muscleman and he had a 2JS14 and the oil temp just got too hot because mm-hmm. I don't know if he had an oil cooler or not. But I know I didn't have one, and it would be like three laps on that track before I had to like pull off because the oil temp would be at like 240, 250 degrees. So I don't know what he was doing, but he was doing way more laps in succession than I was mm-hmm. and ended up rod knocking the motor. So ever since then, Damn. I was like, okay, keep an eye on the oil temps. Should probably get an oil cooler, yeah. right? And then, you know, I think at one point in time, like, what was it? So the... I have an electric water pump and two like derail fans, but they okay. all run on a separate circuit. One time, the main power that led to that like fuse box mm. came loose and it f- came off. So I did like half a lap with no water pump and no fans. And uh, I left the track and I looked down and it was at 250 degrees and I was like, oh. Uh, turn, <laughs> turn the car <laughs> off and just, just let it coast. Kill that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and I ended up finding it though, but yeah, I, I ended up fixing it. But you know, it's just like stuff like that too. Yeah. Like the electric water pump thing, not really a streetcar thing, right? Mm-hmm. I just have it because it's a good I like it was a good idea when I wanted to do the whole drift thing, yeah. right? And it's useful now because it's like, oh, if I need the car to cool down, I just put it on the second turn before start and mm-hmm. just let it run and it'll cool the car down without having to run the motor. But technically speaking, like a regular water pump would probably be just better for yeah. that situation. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that just that's just one of those things where it's like streetcar or drift car, you know, which one mm-hmm. kind of takes priority depending on how you want to build it. But yeah, I also yeah. stand what you mean by like building a streetcar that you just drift. Oh for like reasons i can't drive that car on the track no yeah beep <laughs> i was gonna say funny that you yeah painting cars while broke is the is the hardest thing <laughs> dude i still have a gallon of clear sitting in that closet just no way. waiting for the next one <laughs> dude i traded an iphone 6 for my first paint job oh hell no. yeah dude <laughs> I, had, I had um let's see i was in korea for a year and I already had an iPhone 6 Plus at the time, but they gave me the option to just let me get another phone with the Korean plan. Okay. And so I just had an iPhone 6, right? My iPhone 6 Plus was my American phone and my 6 was just my Korean one. Gotcha. So when I got back, the iPhone 6 at the time was still relatively worth something. Yeah. And so somebody, uh, I'd say, let's see, it was Rob Aponte. who was like, yeah, I'll get your car okay. painted. Yeah. yeah, just give me the iPhone. And I was like, 
No problem. Cool. As I said, <laughs> the six plus anyway. Just run like, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, why not? So that's pretty much what ended up happening. But <laughs> later on, it's like, okay, it's not actually Rob that was painting the car. Rob was kind of helping me prep the car. Uh, okay. But it was Brad Wallace that actually painted the car. Gotcha. Right. And so Brad Wallace, and this is also my first time like painting a car like experience wise. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you can't paint a car and like, I would say, unless you like have a bunch of homies helping you, if it's just you and one other homie, mm-hmm. I don't think you can paint a car, like get it taped, prepped and like kind of that kind of like way in one day. I don't think you can do that because we challenge accepted. it's a challenge I mean, I'm not, I mean sure if you want to say 24 hours maybe but i'm saying brad and i got to Depending that on shop. how much body work you got to do so i we got to the shop and like had most of it prepped right i drove around with an unprepped car or with a prepped car for a, the longest time i have plenty yeah. of like pictures crazy right it's red spots Right, oh, primer I've got a, spots. I, I've like, got drone videos of me driving an event the day before I went and painted my car. Yeah, like a fucking idiot. Yeah, that was a terrible. That's what idea, I'm saying but. it's just like there's primer in some spots, bare yeah. metal in some <laughs> other spots. You got self etching primer here, filler primer there, and some parts are still red. And I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> this thing looks goofy. Yeah, it's terrible. It was on KFs though, so you know. Oh, uh, yeah, it's spicy probably. still. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Triple chrome KFs, 17s. Uh, Back when you can get 17-inch KFs, a whole set for 1500 bucks. Yeah, good yeah. luck now. Yeah, no, I sold a pair of 18-inch KFs for 1500 bucks. Yeah, every time I... The, that's probably my favorite wheel, it too. Arguably is my favorite wheel. It's Like, next to, I would say, maybe Equipo 5s would be my favorite wheel. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, I but like they're all those. like legacy wheels. And then, you know, but every time I, so I've had Chaos before, right? So I had the 17s and I sold them and the price that I sold them for bought my first 1J, right? Or bought the 1J that's <laughs> in my car now, right? I sold them for 1300 bucks. Mm-hmm. I bought the 1J for 1200 bucks. Where'd you get the 1J from? Uh, Andrew Yang. Or no, no. Was it, um, not Andrew Yang. He's um, Froggy. That's his name. Well, that's what we call him. Traction optional, buddy. Oh, okay, okay. Right. He had a purple S13, which is now Scott's blue hot ice S13. Hey. That car, right? That's ironic. Yep. I can't remember. I can't can't remember his last name, but it's it's Andrew Froggy, right? I got it from him. He got it from JDM Hookup uh, from Stephen Fischel, I guess. Yeah. And I think it was 1200 bucks. 1200 bucks. Um. It wasn't the best condition, but it's a great, great place to start. So oh, I yeah. took that, bought it, sent it to Curtis. Curtis did everything to it. And yeah, I mean, but that's all because I sold my KFs, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'll buy another set of KFs. You had to give something to get something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll buy another set of KFs. And then, you know, 18-inch sets went, you know, at the time, they are like 1700 17 turned to two. Where everyone fucks up. I'll buy another set. Yeah, yeah. I'll like, buy another car. I'll buy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same with S13s. S13s. It's just like, at the time, yeah, you can buy an S13, yeah. running and driving for three grand. And then three grand turned to four. Four grand turned to six. And then now all of a sudden you, you get a one color S13 and everybody wants nine grand for it. It's like, <laughs> all right, this is the world we live in now. Right. And the same uh. thing happened with three piece wheels, like, especially those legacy wheels, like, work equip 05s uh cerberus ones and twos mm-hmm. right 
bro, service ones and twos, you used to be able to get a full set built by three piece US for like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. 18s, right? Now they want like twenty two hundred dollars, twenty three hundred dollars. Well, I mean, what were the price of like blitz back then? Price I mean, of blitz. Even those were people, people were throwing blitz people away. People didn't care about blitz back then. <laughs> yeah. Like if you had blitz 03, it was like, all right, cool. Cool. That was it. It was just another three-piece wheels. Blitz 03s weren't KFs. The internet sucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, 03s weren't KFs. So, like, you know, yeah. it was like at the same time, but, you know, it's just another three-piece wheel. To me, at least from my perspective, it was just another three-piece wheel. I agree. Right? But, you know, then the whole Blitz 03 thing happened, and then, like, I guess all the other three-piece prices kind of just started soaring, right? Because now it's like, oh, you want a fully built, set of kfs and 18s that's three grand right yeah. there and then people get super pissed because gmr is remaking the wheel in three piece bill it and they're like yeah we'll sell you this in any size you want for twenty three hundred dollars <laughs> right and i'm like shit on the market <laughs> i'm like man that's crazy like i'm not gonna Fuck buy them yeah i was like i'm not gonna <laughs> buy them but i'm like man i probably should buy them if i really want that look but like you can't be mad because I know people are like, you know, the whole rep wheel thing is like, you know, it's really hitting these days. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't get caught on reps or whatever. So, so all right. What's your take on that? My thing is obviously you're a style guy. So, OK, my, my thing is this. There's been plenty of people I know that run rep CR Kiwami, rep CR Kai, whatever. And like, truthfully, I kind of don't care. To be yeah. honest with you, as long as it fits, as long as the fitment is like, as long as the wheel fitment is good, don't That's really care. Don't really care. Because I've seen some real wheels that fit like Garbo, right? And it's just like, yeah. They're, Almost every three-piece wheel you see yeah, it's for like, sale bro, it's like, man, you took, no lip whatsoever. Yeah, it's like you took trash. it straight off a of Yage and just put it on your car. Like, <laughs> what? So, I think that'll work. Yeah, like, you know... And even then, like, because I did the three-piece thing, too. I had, like, 12 CR... Well, no, no. I had 12 Vienna Cries. That's okay. what it was. The manhole covers, yeah. right? And even then, it's like, those were getting hard to find. And then those are also getting expensive. And so what I ended up doing was just cashing out all my three-piece wheels, right? And just buying monoblocks, yeah. right? And then when it came to, like, okay, real versus not real... Right. I was like, okay, I'm going to own at least one real set of Kiwamis. One, because they're really not that expensive. One to show up in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> one I'm full like, set to show up to the track in. The rest can be reps. Right. So, and the thing is, like, Kiwamis, like, as a real wheel, they are not that expensive. Mm -hmm. Right. And, like, Ray's, like, the 57 DRs. Yeah. Not that expensive in the grand scheme of things. Right. Especially used. Right. Like, you can take the time to go get some like some rays or some works or something like that, and you don't have to spend three grand. I'm telling you that I'm not going to spend three grand on O fives. I don't right, know a single drifter that has is running three piece wheels or real wheels in general mm. that will ever pay more than two grand for a set. I'm telling, and then a lot of the guys, day. yeah, a lot of the guys that are talking about running three piece like legit wheels bought them back in 15, 16, 17. When yeah. you can get those type of wheels for less than two grand, right? Yeah. Back in the day, yeah, really, there's no excuse, right? Because, like, you can get something off Yaj, like, super cheap, yeah, right? 
But like today, I'm like, and the argument that I hate is they'll they'll be like, well, what if you damage one? Well, you replace the fucking part that's damaged. It's a three piece wheel, yeah. And then you don't have to go and work like, with the inflation of the part and yeah. have to buy a whole nother wheel. Like, like you have a one piece wheel or even a fake wheel, whatever. Yeah, I mean the three Same piece. Thing. Yeah, that was my thing with three piece too. Is like modular. So yeah, like if you broke a lip, just replace the lip. Yeah, you broke a barrel. Over time, that three-piece wheel is going to get more and more expensive because it's just one of those things in the car world. So exactly. instead of if you want to run that type of style, you just go ahead and run it, and you're replacing small, cheap, right. cheap. But then the lips started getting expensive too. Yeah, right. Because it's like, oh, if you want to get a lip from three piece.us, a first of all, good luck getting it because they like to just yeah. take people's money and not ship things. Apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard some of that. <laughs> yeah. And then B, it's like, okay, the price of the lip, if it's a less than if it's less than five inches, maybe you, you know, you'll save a little bit of money there. But if it's like a five and a half or a six inch, yeah, you're basically paying the like what you would pay for a one wheel, like one single piece monoblock wheel, is about the same. Right. So what I would do, and this is exactly what I did, I was just the price of one piece wheels kind of went like this over time. They kind of went a little bit up because the whole pandemic thing, I think they had like a 15, right? A 10 or 15% rate hike in price mm -hmm. just because of the whole shipping thing. But three piece wheels is just constantly yeah. doing that. And so I'm like, I just got out when I did. And I'm just, you know, there's a whole bunch of cool like one piece wheels anyway. Yeah. Right. And Conse. <laughs> For one, I was gonna say like that new wheel that they have out. That's uh, Astro. I think yeah, I think Jackson's running that one on like the white, the white uh, IS three hundred. It's like the one's like maybe I don't know. It's not the star looking one. It's oh, so one. it's not the the no, Blitz no. knockoff. No, no, I'm thinking about the other one. That's like I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. They, I forgot good. the name of it. I just think it looks cool. They have it in Chrome. I'm like, all right, cool. That's dope. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's mm -hmm. still a five spoke mm. wheel, but it's got like a smaller face. Or it. like stage wheels too. Like you know what I'm yeah, saying? Stage like wheels. yeah, stage wheels. And they're really cool with sponsorships. Yeah, you know. So and, and you know, am I saying that I'd run any of those wheels anytime soon? Sure, maybe. I don't yeah. know. But as long as I can, you know, still get a decent deal from TF Works on wheels from work or SSR, I'm just going to keep buying works and SSRs, right? SSR's got, <laughs> SSR's got fighting, so, bitch. They got hella wheels in their lineup that are legit. And they're yeah. like 18 by 10 and a half, right? Which is like more than enough, like width wise for pretty yeah. much anything I'm going to run anyway. I'm not running anything bigger than 265. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> just get the, you know what I'm saying? Dude, I run by nines. All the way around. See, and there you go. Still right? run 255, 265. And that's what I mean. Like at that point, it's like, okay, well, how do you want the tire to fit on the wheel? Yeah. Right. And you can play around with that fitment wise. Right. But as far as the pricing goes, I mean, you could get, I got my Sierra Kiwamis for 18 by 10 and a half, right. For like 1600 bucks shipped. Right. Now, could you go online and get some Avid ones for like, Eight hundred, nine hundred dollars ships. Hey, sure, this is the first set of wheels sure. I ever bought. You could totally. How much you pay for them, dude? Like eight hundred bucks for there a full go. set. And they were the the rotiform knockoffs, the web that really oh, webby yeah. design. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say my first set of wheels was fake though. Like, Every single motherfucker that walked past my car was like rotiforms, and I would eventually get to the point where I'm just like, yeah, 
Sure. I would just tell him, yeah, yeah. Sure. Totally that. <laughs> if you can't read the Avid one that's on the center cap, that's just your fault. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. I think I got, bro, some no name knockoff wheels. They're a knockoff of like Advan T7 or something like that. <sighs> 700 bones, man. 700 bucks. The, car, the wheels that are on the Z right now, mm-hmm. I was getting a full set of those mm-hmm. for 550 <laughs> what what wheels are those carbine design wheels baby. oh they're by D. Yeah. it's a completely dead company say, now yeah but, they're dead now but yeah. i know jeff bear was running them i yeah, think i've seen you all yeah. i was in the whole money gang thing and yeah that's what it was we money would gang. all buy them by the fucking pallet that's crazy the money gang thing i remember i remember seeing that because wait your car is still white yeah all right yeah. and everybody else's was like green or something like that yeah, Brennan's was green. Brennan's was green, and that was just kind of like a fluke thing. He had the opportunity to wrap it and oh, just okay. pick a color, pretty much. Um, and then I think Baird ended up doing like a bluish green. That's right. Yeah, but that is I was fourteen that he had. That he used to have an SR too. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. SR had sleeves or something like that. You yeah. know, it was a pretty badass SR setup yeah. at the time. But you know, then again, I also didn't know anything back then either. I was just like. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it's me. The only time I ever saw that car was sitting on rollers in the shop with nothing in it. Yeah, I heard he had bad luck with the SR. That was the thing. Like when the sleeves dropped or something like yeah. that. And it's just like, man, you get into like sleeving engines. It's like, all right. Yeah. How much horsepower are you trying to make? Like, <laughs> can't go too far with an SR. Well, you can only, I don't it's care like, what you do to it. Yeah, it's like 100 horsepower per cylinder. How, how far past that threshold do you want to go? Yeah. You know, because fighting your own battles at that point. Yeah, and I and there are people that you know have like five hundred, six hundred horsepower SRs, but like, how long are they lasting? How what's the you know what are they doing with them? And like, how are you making six hundred horsepower? Just call it a rotary at that point. Good luck getting eighty k. Yeah, you know, but you know, it's like I said, the people that have those SRs, like, are they are they driving them every single day? Are they ripping on them every single month at an event? Probably not. No. Right, but you know, it's still—I mean, it's still badass setup either way. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that's kind of the way I look at that. But when it comes to if you're trying to make 500 horsepower, you're going to get an SR, you're going to get a JZ, or you're going to get an LS. Right? Yeah, yeah. 500 horsepower is like the new thousand horsepower, apparently, or 500 horsepower is the new norm. The new norm. My bad. Yeah. yeah. So like. You had a car that made 500 horsepower like 15 years ago. That was a badass car. Don't mess yeah. with that guy, right? Now you got a 500 horsepower car. You're still getting gapped by a Hellcat, right? Because they just sell oh them to anyone. God, don't get me started on those. Have you ever driven one? No. Absolute fucking trash. They're the worst <laughs> fucking cars ever. They drive like shit. I swear to God. Why? Hellcats, demons, all of them. They're terrible. They don't you they don't hook whatsoever. It's a yeah. hundred times too much fucking factory or too much power from the factory. Yeah. They're they're useless. Seven hundred horsepower? Something like that? Yes. And the tire's <laughs> like this big. What are you doing with that? <laughs> it's dumb, dude. It's so dumb. I used to work at Mannheim. Do you yeah, know what yeah. that is? The I, auto yeah. auction? Okay, so yeah, yeah. we would get those in all the time and yeah. I would drive them. You throw it in first gear and just barely touch the gat and let off the clutch, and it's uh, it's just spinning. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just goes nowhere. It's, and I took it down the little racetrack strip that we had there yeah. and snuck it down there. Handles like garbage because it's heavy as fuck. Mm. It's, it's a horrible car. That's probably Stop why. Stop buying those. That's why they're at the takeovers, though. Yeah. Because right? you just step on it and then just... 
That's all they know how to do. Don't get me started on takeovers, bro. No, let's get started on let's get started Uh, on takeovers. I'd I'd love to hear what you think. All right, what's your what's your opinion on takeovers? People that go to takeovers and people that do takeover stuff should not be anyway associated with fuck no with drifters no <laughs> it should, they they ignorant be. pieces of shit <laughs> it's not a, it's not a good look um because especially their cause, only real argument is that oh it's the adrenaline rush yeah have you been to an event yeah i was gonna say adrenaline rush you can get that i don't know it's just like what happened to like regular street racing you know yeah you just go out in the middle of the night you know, no one else is around. You're just on that and you're just street racing. Yeah. Right. And even then, so when I was in El Paso, right, there is a lot of takeover stuff, like type things. Mm-hmm. Right. But eventually, even now, it's like there's events that they have where it's just a stunt pit where people can just do that. Right. And they yeah. don't have to do it in the middle of the street anymore. Right. Some of the, some of the guys that I met down there, that's all they did was just like donuts and stuff like that. They had like a couple Z's and G's and stuff like that. But, you know, when I got down there, I was just peeping the spots that they were at. And I was just mm. like, man, that's a really nice corner they got down there. But they're just doing donuts. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to hit them up. Yep. I'm going to hit them up and I'm going to be like, yeah, what are you guys going out, right? <laughs> they're probably thinking I'm about to do some donuts. I'm like, nope, I'm about to throw this thing in second gear, right? Because that's another gear you can use. Right, I'm gonna Ta-da. push the clutch in, let the thing hit red line, and let it go, and then I'm gonna drive this corner right here. Right, <laughs> that is more fun. Yeah, yeah, and then and you know, and it's all street stuff, and that's yeah. that's another thing too. I understand the street aspect of it, right, where it's mm-hmm. like you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing because it's you're there's no and, and El Paso is a perfect example too. Lots of people with cars that can drift. Lots of people would drift cars per se, nowhere to drive them. Yeah. I had to go drive the muscleman to go drive my car at an event yeah. in, in, in El Paso. We talked about, I talked about that with Scotty or with Scott. It's not Scotty. Mm. I know too many Scots. <laughs> but um, on the last episode, where, because he's from Missouri, Memphis area. Yeah. So the closest event now, because MIR is down. Yep. They have to drive three plus hours, no yeah. matter where they want to go. Drift. Exactly, that sucks, dude. And that's a lot of people don't like kind of realize that around the country. We're spoiled here. We got so many fucking tracks around. It's tough. Yeah. And and when I moved to El Paso, that's what it was. I was like, oh, y'all got one drift event a year, and it's invite only, and it's invite only based off of like if the guy who runs the event basically knows you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. It's political. It kind of, um, it kind of is in a way, but the event that it's at, like you know, an event is an event, like you know, and I can understand why it's invite only. Forrest Wang's out there driving, or okay, yeah. you know, or um, Officer Dan's out there driving. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't want any like Joe Schmo with their 350Z, yeah, right? It's to only be been to one up. or two events, yeah, or you know? no events in this case, right? To be pulling up, so I I get that, but with those guys, like. At one point in time, there was a switch. They're like, hey, we are trying to like do events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to do it legit, right? We found a spot. It's empty, whatever, right? And some organization had come in and said that, oh, yeah, we got the event. It's like, you know, we got the venue and everything and like charging money or whatever. Yeah. Bro, no, they didn't. They didn't have any paperwork, no permits, none of that. 
Oh, fuck. Things got really hairy there for a second. And like, I don't know. It made me feel bad because you got to think I came from at that point in time. And this was like 2020, 21, uh, 21 time frame. Mm. Right. At that point in time, I came from Tennessee. So I know what right looks like at this point. I'm like, you know, usually when the events go down, like there's like a link where you can pay in advance. It's not just someone's cash app. Right. It's not PayPal or something like that. You're usually paying like an LLC or something, yeah. right? Yeah. The cops usually don't show up at the event once the event's running. <laughs> How long did it take for them to show up? <laughs> well, I guess like he must have sweet talked a police officer that showed up because he had like a table and a clipboard. And I guess you got those two things. You can, you know, pull off whatever you want. And blow smoke up everyone's ass. I, I guess. guess. Right. And like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was cool. Like everyone had to wear helmets and whatever. Right. But there was no tech inspection. You know what I'm saying? It was oh just like, God. I go, I show up there and the first thing I see is like some dude in Miata trying to do donuts or whatever. Right. Hits the only light pole in the parking lot. Right. <laughs> Dumbass. It's always a Miata. Yeah. It's always a Miata, guys. <laughs> but no, nah, yeah. It's like, I can see that these dudes that are trying to drive, they want to like progress their level of driving. Yeah. Right. Those dudes now at the point where it's like, okay, they've been doing so much street drifting. They feel comfortable enough to go drive all the way out to no coast from where they are mm-hmm. to go drive that event. And that's super dope to me, right? Because when I met them, they were just doing donuts, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, they're hitting corners, doing tandem on yeah. the street, right? Yeah, it's on the street. Yeah, street is street bad. Street is bad. Street is bad. Right? But we don't condone. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I can't say that other areas of the country haven't been that same way. I can't even say that about Clarksville, right? Because Clarksville at one point, as far as from what I've been told from other people, did have a street drifting problem to the point that like police were looking at people that had S chassis, right? And just That's originally how the Clarksville Speedway started doing drifting. Exactly. They saw it as an opportunity to get people not only off the street, but to make a little bit of money for themselves. Right. And so they just, El Paso, they don't really have that. Not yeah, nobody not gives a fuck enough yet. <laughs> There's a there was a, a spot where they did have drifting like legit, but I guess the year that I got there, they just shut down because you That's know crazy. COVID or whatever. But you know, like I said, I, it's funny because when um so remember I mentioned the uh, I ended up meeting the friend group of the person that I bought my car from, mm-hmm. and yeah. these people are all in Richmond, and like the the group is called Blackhand, and like they're two. Or three, four dudes, all super sick cars. I think they're like up to like six or maybe even seven people now. All red, right? Um, style, you know, style yeah. based group. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Really legit. Um, but I ended up meeting them. They're like, I remember I was paying for Clarksville forty bucks, right? And it was a parking lot event. And then these guys had Spirit JP. Spirit JP yeah. was like. 180 200 for a parking lot of it mm-hmm. right and i was like dude that's crazy what it's like 200 bucks for a parking lot right but then they kind of like laid it out for me where they're just like look if we don't drive here which is 20 minutes from the house yeah our next spot is four hours from the house yeah and it's been the 200 in fuel anyway exactly so, so that's kind of where they were they were at and then the whole spirit jp thing like fell through because of the whole well well yeah should i get into that go for it yeah get into that do it i don't know it was like 
We can make I, it a Patreon only topic. Okay, sure. I okay. When it came to Spirit JP, I was I never driven a Spirit JP event, but I mm-hmm. attended quite a few, and it was great. Like that, those events were like everyone's focused on just driving better, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, this is great environment, and you can really cut your teeth at that track because it has a very like myhan est yeah, yeah, entry yeah. where you have to be fully committed to the entry or you're going to go through the fence, right? Yeah, or, start fast, slow down. Yeah, or if your technique is wrong, you might hit the wall, right? That type of that type of place, right? So I thought it was really great. But then I'm telling you, it was like almost overnight, these things, these stories started popping up where like Joe, the person who runs the event and stuff like that, was taking like memberships or like these pre-sales right for a track that was supposed to be built right and it just never happened and next thing you know you have pantera drift and pantera drift is run by you guessed it joe (laughs) right and i don't know it was just a really bad situation all in all and the only people who got screwed over were the people in richmond that that community of people yeah right because when i go back to richmond like you know all the people like that are in that area like within like an hour radius of that track i'd see them there like all the time right and there are people that come from all over just to drive that track so and like i said with the attitude of like hey we're just trying to you know improve drive better work on this technique work on that technique whatever yeah right that was all there but you know once after that happened there were no more events at I think it's Richmond, let's see, or Richmond International Raceway or something like that. Yeah, there's no events there anymore. Not that I not that I know yeah, of. Yeah. And there's definitely no Spirit JP at that track. <laughs> right. And Dude, that's gotta suck for the drivers. Yeah, because so now the People drivers are salty, and... right? Because he has Pantera, right? Which is dope. Like the I don't know if you've seen any of his videos, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, mountainous. It's like mountainous, right? Kind of yeah, like the Japan, yeah. like Toge almost. And it's just not tight, like a Japan toge. But it's on that type of terrain, right? And the the landscape is sweet. But yeah. they don't like the person who runs that event now because they screw, he screwed the whole community, Yeah. right? So, yeah, that's kind of one of those things with at least Spirit that's JP. That's a shit show of a story. Right. <laughs> but the key thing that ties all that together is this, is like... The guys that I talk to there, they're old heads, right? They've been drifting since 2008, right? And, you know, I think I've been drifting for a while, but then they tell, and I'm like, man, like, you know, know, there's only an event, like, there's only one event per month. And Bro, they're like, bro, there is one event per year or like two events a year. And like, no one had truck and trailers. Everyone drove their car to the event, right? Drove the event and then drove it back. Cowboys. Yeah, that's how it was. And I was just like, this is this must be the dark ages of drifting. Where it's just like <laughs> we're failing. Yeah, yeah. It's like Fuck. the dark ages where you're just like, hey, everyone just rolls out. There's no rigs or anything like that. And you're just driving your car there. And drifting has progressed to this point now where some people just feel like they can't even get into the sport because they don't have a rig or something like that. Right. You drive a 350Z, just drive it there. Yeah. Right. Just drive it there. But 
also like he's you know, know some people in case it does break that too you <laughs> that's know probably smart and then on top of that yeah and that's one thing i i think was cool because like you have these long trains of like caravans like just mm-hmm. drift caravans and like everybody's just you know you got an s13 full of tires and some other car is 300 that's got a bunch of wheels in it a bunch of tools <laughs> and like you know you got this whole setup and then like somebody has a pop-up tent right and so you yeah. got that and then someone brought drinks and then you got that and like someone bought you know and the that's the part of it completely different yeah that's the part of drifting that i enjoy the most and you still get that even though like everyone not everyone but a lot of people have rigs and stuff yeah. but like 2008 2009 i bet you know you would do anything and everything in your power to make it to that event because you only you already knew that it was only going to last yeah right? you yeah. only going to knew is it's going to be one event or two events per year in your area and you still might have to drive three hours just to go do that one event yeah every, plus everything was a lot simpler you didn't have the fomo factor of yeah. like people just wishing they i want that part i want this i want that i want my own rig i want yeah. you know my own pit set up yeah all that stuff so you didn't have as much to worry about I yeah guess, back then so i think I um, and that's another thing too is this you do you think fd had like a or like program had like an uh influence on that like people just saw like these fd programs and stuff like that and they're just like you know i need to do that yeah you think that's all that's what it was yeah because fd keeps climbing and climbing and climbing yeah and it's actually to the point now where it's like backpedaled a little bit it's not just a bunch of horsepower wars where everyone's trying to hit 1500 yeah that was horsepower is dumb <laughs> yeah because you can't even use it all it's just useless at that point yeah so it's kind of dialed back to where eight nine hundred is kind of the sweet spot mm. but that has always kind of made drifting progress as a high horsepower sport just in itself. And everyone that was wanting to tackle being competitive started building cars out the fucking ass like that. Yeah. Because they knew that's what needed to be done or what would give them that extra competitive edge. And that kind of trickled down to grassroots. Yeah. And I guess at this point in time, if I do any kind of competition, like at all, it'll probably be like a street league type series. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, a lot of street league type series don't like when you swap motors. Because they were <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of the things they were like, hey, if you're gonna run a street series and an S13 needs to have an SR or a KA in it, yeah. And I was like, you sons of bitches. I was like, well, I don't, I don't have that right now, you yeah. know. But I'm glad to see the street series like that are out there, like Drift Indy, their street league, mm-hmm. right? Or, I mean, even like Super D. I think Super D's rule they don't have like a. They don't have like an engine swap rule or anything like that, but they're like, hey, you have to have, you have to make one set of tires last through top 16. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a challenge, right? <laughs> Accepted. <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, it'll limit your horsepower and the course is laid out. So you're not burning tires like that. Yeah. So it's like that, that type of stuff makes sense. Right. But at the same time, that's t- that type of stuff comes by virtue of FD kind of where it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of how I see it. Cause a lot of people, you know, and I've gotten, I've kind of been on that arc too, where I just like don't particularly enjoy FD, right? I enjoy it a little bit more now than I used to, but at one point I was just like, bro, I don't feel like watching it's this. It's just not consumable. It's really hard to watch. Yeah. It's, even when you're there, I think, I've heard that it's, I've never actually been to an FD event personally. I went to my first one this year. Yeah. I've actually heard that it's a lot more boring watching in person than it is 
through the live stream. It's a because there's tough. so much downtime and yeah. you don't really know what to do other than watch drifting. And then there, of course there's like vendors and shit. But yeah, how many times are you gonna walk through that shit? Exactly, it's hot as fucking balls out. Yeah, I went to Orlando too. So yeah, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> I made it through top thirty two, and I was like, you know what? I'm hot. My son's hot. Like yeah. it's just time to go right yeah and we had a good time it was nice and it, it's kind of crazy because you see mustangs all the time right mm -hmm. you might see an s13 all the time but man like you see these like pro cars and they're lined up and stuff like that it's like this is something about it. it's just a little bit different yeah it's a whole different level yeah and then like i don't know it's just like the sounds the smoke that just like comes off these cars and it's just crazy like where i was sitting in orlando as soon as they pass through the bank, you basically don't see them for the rest of the run. <laughs> That's so pointless. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, this is dope. And you're just like, whoa. And he was like, man, that looked cool. Where'd and you then go? like, what's, what's, you just what's wait happening? and like the smoke clears and you're just like, oh, they're at the, they're at the finish now. Cool. <laughs> oh, they're about to go again. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, and in that way, I'm appreciative of like FD because. They definitely publicize drifting more than, say, other organizations. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'd say, like, the next organization I would definitely appreciate would be, like, say, Final Bout or something like that. Right? Because while Final Bout is not, like, publicized in the same way that FD is, right, it still kind of brings us, kind of reels us back in to, like, yeah. what the spirit of drifting is kind of supposed to be. Right, some and that's. I agree with that. I know a bunch of y'all motherfuckers. Some people, are argue yeah. That. Some people don't like Final Bout, right? And I dude, get it. Final Bout's the shit. Actually, I put this on the. Have you ever seen the Elator dude on YouTube? Yep. Man, I fucking love his videos. Yep. The dumbest weird titles. Yeah. But like, it's just a perfect videos to put a, put on in the background. Yep. And he does his thing with that camera. That's for sure. I mean. And the title thing, I think it's just because it's like a YouTube or like maybe he just doesn't care. Because yeah, he still I don't uses copyrighted music too. I was that's what I was about to say. He uses yeah. copyrighted music, so I don't think he monetizes any of it. Yeah. I I'm at that point. He too. still gets fucking like a million views a video. I'm like, bro, yeah. <laughs> just use better music. Yeah. But see, that's a that's the hard thing about it. Cause like, so when I was doing media, right? Cause that's why I started. Before I started like driving driving, I was doing like media, right? And I was kind of in that same sort of spot where I'm like, um, I kind of have an idea of what song I want to use for this video, right? Or I have an idea of what I want the video structure to be with this song, yeah, right? And so I just use the song. But then I was just getting copyright hit after copyright hit. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll try and use like non-copyright music. And I did for when I was shooting Southeast Drift Union. Right. And I only did like two events with them. And even then I was like, this is just not what I want. Cause yeah. the non-copyright music is generally speaking, like harder to find like a good one. I'd, I'd listen to a hundred songs and I find like one, maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, which I actually, I use epidemic sound. Do you know what that is? I think I've heard of that. Okay. So yeah. a lot of YouTubers use it and, um, pretty much like if you watch Jimmy Oaks videos and stuff like that, you'll hear the music, mm -hmm. some of the same music that I use and a lot of creators use. Uh, but that's, that's what I've found a lot better non-copywritten music. Well, mm -hmm. 
technically it's copywritten, but you're paying a monthly subscription oh, to I, yeah. like have the license for it. And it's even if you cancel your subscription, it's good for like okay. the entirety of its lifetime being online. Um, and actually, shameless plug, if you want one month free, link in the description. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I actually I've been like the intro music that I use for every podcast. Mm -hmm. That's Epidemic Sound. Nice. Um, the old outro song I used to use. I started using uh, Connor Price's music. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, that's a TikTok guy. Yeah, he doesn't copyright his, most of his music. Mm, so I figured that was you why. You can use it and on YouTube videos and stuff like that. But yeah, if you yeah. ever want some good copywritten music, Epidemic Sound's probably your go-to. Yeah. I've tried so many different platforms. Well, I was going to say, like, YouTube in and of itself, it's like making videos is just hard i would say yeah. especially like event videos because in a way right or at least this is what i was dealing with i would shoot a bunch of action shots right mm -hmm. it would be all action no b-roll like not a lick of b-roll so i'm Everything's like b-roll yeah and then like the other way it's just like all b-roll no action and i'm yeah. just like maybe yeah, i'm a little different this. there i think that <laughs> every piece of footage can be b-roll you think so yeah Every single bit of footage. Mm. I don't think... You can always spice it up a little bit, bro. I, okay, I'll agree with that. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I think when I was running... When I was doing Underworld and I was like doing an event every single month, yeah, like it was a good time as far as like getting the events done and like filming at the events because yeah, that's like another thing too. Like if it wasn't because of my car that I was meeting these people, it's because I was doing media too, right? That's how I ended up doing you know, shooting some SDU. That's how I ended up shooting grid life, some stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, MDU or something like that. Like I had a lot of sick clips, right? And then I think after what ended up happening was I got transferred again, except I went to Korea again for a year. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. That's it's just, the military for you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, I was on the media train and that thing grinded to a halt as soon as I left country because I had yeah. nothing to upload. Right. And I was like, damn, all right, well, I guess I'll just forget it. Hang out here. I was originally, and that was the thing too. I was like, okay, I'll just go to Korea. I ended up meeting this dude, Kim. And Kim was a drifter in Korea. Yeah. Right. So he spoke Korean and everything, lived off post, whatever. That's and tight. I was like, all right, I'll just go to a drift events with Kim. Right. Well, COVID happened. Then there were no drift events. Oh. <laughs> Right. And I was like, you got stripped of everything. Yeah, dude. I was literally stuck on post playing volleyball all day. That's what I did to pass the time. Hey, volleyball is fun, though. Yeah. yeah we got, lie. we got stupid good I really good. Like, we got stupid good really quickly for like, <laughs> it's all because we had nothing better to do. Boredom. <laughs> yeah, we had nothing better to do. You get, we show up, we show up to work. They'd be like, look, guys, we don't need you here at work. Go do your own thing. It's COVID. Just wear a mask. Yeah. Right. And so next thing you know, I'm like, me and my buddy, we'd go to the gym, we'd start playing a little bit, more people would show up, more people would show up. And the next thing you know, it's like we're sitting here like like it's like all these pickup games of all yeah. just volleyball. And eventually it turned into unit level. So now the units are getting involved and there's these tournaments and stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, it got ser it got serious. It got serious. And I was just like, this isn't drifting at all. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get to go to a drift event at all in Korea? No. The no? most I did was see like Kim's car and one of like Kim's friends' car. And okay. Kim's friend What's the style like. So a lot of them, you know, the Hyundai Genesis is Korea's 
like drift car. Yeah. The yeah. Theta motor is their SR20, basically. Gross. I mean, you, you work with what you got. There's a that couple sucks. of pro. Sorry, guys. <laughs> there were some pro drift cars out there, though, that had, they were all Genesis, but they had V8s in them. I don't know where the V8s came from. They're probably Hyundai V8s. Oh, right? man. Yeah, man. They got their whole thing over there. I got a couple, I got some some pictures, but yeah, like. That's crazy. That's That was their thing. And they have like some pretty crazy courses and stuff like that, that I've seen from his videos and whatnot. But outside of that, though, yeah, I just seen the cars. And yeah. there's a couple people from Korea that like follow what I'm doing. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's pretty legit. Like, I got, there's a guy that like had a Supra, right? Um, he had an RX-7, like a couple other, couple other cars. Mm-hmm. But like generally speaking, yeah, like the car scene in Korea ironically is a lot of american cars as the expensive like you gotta have this type car oh okay so what happened was i met this guy he brought over a hellcat right i don't know how much a hellcat goes for but he told me he sold it for twice the amount that he paid for it because when you bring it in because of military it's like when you bring it in because you're like oh this is my car that i'm gonna drive right yeah and you sell it like they don't you can't they can't stop you from selling it to someone off post or something like that. Oh man. And I think they like skip, you can skip some of the taxes and stuff like that. Damn, that'd be cool. Because they tax you heavily. <laughs> They'll tax you heavily based off of the size of your motor, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that. So if you skip that tax because someone brought the motor or brought the car in and you just bought a Hellcat, you skipped that whole Dude, import so cool. that import portion of that. Just sneak in the system. Yeah, but that's I wouldn't. Awesome. I mean, you wouldn't catch me importing no Hellcat. Well, no, <laughs> definitely not a fucking Hellcat. God bro, damn. No, not. But it's crazy. So that, many other opportunities, bro. Again. The most foreign thing that I seen in Korea was a thirty five hundred pickup. No way. Dually. That's the most foreign thing. Like, and I'm telling you, I seen Porsches, GTRs, like all kinds of stuff. Like, and it's like cool to see them, right? Because people got money. That's yeah. great. But I'm telling you, I'm driving. Right. And the most like this, this is a red 3500 Dodge, I think. Right. Dually. Stick out like and a was, sore fucking thumb. They don't have pickup trucks there. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I was I about to say, I've seen like five Porsches, five, you know, whatever. I would have had to go ask him. There's how much only he paid one red pickup truck. If you're watching, <laughs> bro, say something. Yeah, I was about to say. That's hilarious. Yeah, but, you know, after that, so after Korea, I came back to the States, and that's when I went to El Paso, and I was kind of, like, discovering what the scene is like there. Lots of cars out there, right? And I was talking about this earlier, where it's just, like, you got Knuckle Up that's up there, you got Lone Star and all that stuff, and that's all kind of on the eastern side or more eastern side of Texas. But, you know, even then, it's just, in El Paso, there's a bunch of cars, like, Mm -hmm. cool-ass cars, I would say. Right. So it was pretty, pretty legit. And then car meets there are still pretty good. But I also feel like El Paso is kind of a time capsule, man, because when I was there, I felt like it was 2015 again, where I'm just like, the car meets are good. Everybody's got cool cars. No one's ruining the meets and stuff like that. Yeah. But now, like if I go to uh, to a car meet in, say, Hinesville, where I live, right, bro, loud cars, everybody's doing two step. Right. There's some dude trying to do donuts. Yeah. Right. And the cars themselves just aren't particularly unique per se. Yeah. Right. I think cars are a little bit more respected in Texas. That just might be cars the, in general. That might be the case too. But, you know, 
I think, and, and, and I don't know about maybe things have changed here versus like where I'm at now, but like, yeah, car meets in general, like where I'm at now, it's like, no, car meets are still trash here. Yeah. Every, oh yeah. The last like big car meet I went to was probably four or five years ago. And it was this, it ended up being some fucking takeover thing. I didn't last, but 20 minutes there. Wow. I mean, I, I, it, it was this warehouse in Antioch that some dude owned, mm. and he had a massive parking lot f- with it. So yeah. he would literally just bring, he would put out an event on Facebook, shit ton of people. I mean, I'm talking 200 plus cars would show up, line the edges of it, and mm-hmm. then the entire inside. I mean, the size of a fucking football field. Yeah. For cars to just do stupid shit. And like, I would, I'd pulled up, I parked, I hopped out. Went up to what was happening. Yeah. I stood there for about 30 seconds. And I was like, dude, this is fucking dumb. Nah, get yeah. me out of here. I hopped right back in the car and just, left. Just and left. fucking <laughs> sat there trying to get out for 20 minutes. Oh, so, so most of your time was spent just trying to leave. Yeah, just trying to leave. <laughs> I, wasn't, I, I wasn't on the premises watching for more than two minutes. Wow. Yeah, and I went to two of those. Yeah. All right, gave it a second try, yep. and it was even worse the second time, so I was like, absolutely not. The only time I went that time was because Brennan's brother was going and taking mm-hmm. his Mustang just so that he could test it before an event. Okay. <laughs> so Yeah, so you... No. So in Texas, like, the car meets that I went to, generally speaking, everybody will respect the spot. Um, it's usually when people leave. That's when, like... Mm-hmm. people start acting Chaos stupid happening. right it was like a pretty bad accident that i seen i think it was like a challenger or something doing a donut in the street and like some other car was coming up the street didn't see him through the smoke line and just nailed him right that's just like one instance or something like that but generally speaking like they don't condone like some of that other stuff yeah now that's not to say that there aren't takeovers in texas because there definitely are but like i said earlier right they kind of do the whole legal stunt pit thing now, or at least from what I've noticed, they kind of do the more the legal stunt pit. There's still yeah, people. That's kind of that, what it was. It was technically legal to yeah. do it there, and the owner was all for it. Like that's yeah. what he was trying to okay. do. But yeah, still that, that stuff's just dumb to me. I don't. Yeah. Unorganized chaos burnout. Sort of, yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. That's all you're doing. You're not doing anything special. Yeah, and and that's the. It's like, okay, do these people want to learn how to drift and that's what it is? That's what they think that it is that they're trying to do? Or is it just they just want to, you know, you know, burn tires and do skids? Just be dumb. You know, or whatever. There, at, at that meet, there was one point. Mm. I saw a video of it. This was after I left. Yeah. They had probably 20 to 25 cars lined up yeah. and did a fucking drag race down this 100-yard parking uh, lot. And one dude fucking smoked it past. He's waited too long slammed on the brakes and just locked them up and went straight into a curb and just jumped this motherfucker yep i was gonna say they, dumbass i think i've seen that too uh, but you know and, and when you have events around though i guess it's easy for and for me at least it's easy to be like bro why are you doing that dumb shit on the street yeah right but now i'm like okay some places events are far few and far between mm-hmm. Other places, say you live in Clarksville. Right? I still, I still can't condone it, no matter I, what. I you, get no it. matter how far a track is, you could easily just go to a back road in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, and that, rip some shitties, and that's yeah. even ten times more fun. And that's the thing, like there's like kind of a rule book to street drifting. It's like a, you don't want to have the world's loudest car, 
probably not a good idea. Yep. B, do it at nighttime, right? C, don't invite a bunch of people out where you're going, <laughs> right? And then, and then that last part is just like, yeah, you can film stuff, but like, don't, you know, don't be like showing your face and like all this other stuff with the, you know, yeah. or like street be names and stuff smart. like that. Like, yeah. And think a little bit before you do it. Exactly. Right. So, you know, that's just one of those things when it comes to streeting or streetcars or, or like street drifts and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it's just like, you know, if you do those things, then like, all right. I can see why, especially if you don't have events that are around you. Yeah. Right. I will say this. I don't condone street drifting either. Legal reasons. Yeah. There's that. (laughs) Don't nobody come after me. But, you know, and I think that the takeover thing has an effect on the younger people, too, where it's like maybe they just don't know. Yeah. That's also a possibility. Right. Because when it comes to drifting. There's this dude, for example, that I that I've met or I know that's in El Paso right now, mm-hmm. right? His name is uh, I can't remember his actual name. It's his his motive built on Instagram. Love okay. the dude to death, right? Because he bought an S14 with a VVTi 1J, RM54, right? It's a stock 1J S14 basically. Yeah, yeah. Sick car, but then he messages me and he was like, "Hey, I'm trying to take this thing to FD," and I was like, "Hold your horses, buddy!" Like. I don't think you understand. Did I, did I just hear you right? What did you just say? Yeah. I was like, hold on, hold on, buddy. Right. I was like, let's slow this down. I was like, I think I need I need you to understand this. I'm like, to just run an FD event, I believe, right? You need hard cards for you and all your crew. Right. Then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that comes along with that. And then on top of that, I was like, hey, you don't even have a license to show up in the first place. Yeah. Right. I was had to explain like the whole process. And I was like, get good, you know, run some events. And I was like, and I promise you, you might find that if you you run in these events, right, in tandem and maybe doing grassroots competition, right? You might find that you might not even want to do pro am. Yeah. Right. And then say you want to do pro am. Okay. So you get a cage in the car and you do all this stuff. And say you might have fun doing pro am to the point that you like look at you say you get a license through program, maybe you don't want to go from program to prospect, right? Because the jump in price, what it takes, right? And I'm like, dude, spend a couple of years building, make sure you have enough scavenged up to even do it. Yeah. Like I said, and it's not trying to like, I'm not trying to like kill the dude's dream, right? Because if it's his dream to drive yeah, FD, I'm being like... being fucking realistic with him. Yeah, like, I'm like, just... yeah, if it's your dream to drive FD, like, cool. Like, that's a great dream to have. I'm just going to let you know right now, you're not doing it in a stock S14 with a 1J, right? It's not happening. <laughs> yeah, it's You can sure happening. try, but as soon as you get there, they're going to no. be like, fuck off. And then he's telling me about the 1J problems, like, oh, it's overheating. And I was just like, look, man, like, okay. And it's that comes to the point, too, where I like, got these young people that don't know. They just don't know. Or it's not even young people. It might just people that just don't know that they're just getting into like an S chassis or just getting into a Jay-Z car, right? It's like any inline six that you stick in a car that did not have one, you're going to have some cooling problems, right? Unless you follow these steps, right? Because I was like, I already have it figured out. I was like, you need these fans, this radiator, this oil cooler, whatever, right? And I was like, you can try and not buy those things if you want. And you can try and buy other things. But I'm going to let you know if it doesn't work. That's why. Yeah. You'll be out a ton of money and have extra parts that you don't even need. Right. 
And then, I don't know. It's like some people just, when it comes to building the car, it's like. What would you say the the proper process of building a car to start off with? What should you start with? If I was going to go drifting and like I didn't have a yeah. car at all. Yeah. I'd probably start with the Z. It's either a Z or an E46, a 330CI or a 330I, right? Yeah. Because it's got the big boy motor in it, right? But from there, it's like, okay, if you say start off with the Z and you're trying to move into, say, grassroots competition, I would focus on technique mm-hmm. and whatnot before, say, trying to get like more power because the Z has plenty of power yeah. for what generally speaking what most people are trying to do yeah right so say someone bought a z what would you suggest be like the first parts they buy then probably probably a seat and coils the seat first yeah and at first i was like oh yeah coils or whatever like no 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 seat right because i've driven an s13 with no seat in it and I've driven an S13 with a seat in it. The same S13. Seat as in bucket seat. Like something bucket that seat. will hold you in. Uh, yeah, I don't care. Like a, a eBay, whatever. Like yeah. if it's a bucket seat and you fit in it, then go for it, right? Um, obviously, I would prefer that someone get, say, like a buddy club or something that's like FIA rated, mm-hmm. right? Because that will just be better for the future. But yeah, a seat. Because a lot of times, like you'll say you'll – come in you'll enter a corner and then you are like sliding off of the the seat that you're in yeah. right because it's just not holding you in so now you're bracing yourself with your leg against the door or something mm-hmm. like that which then like you limits thought. your foot yeah limits your your footwork and stuff like that and it's like okay if you just had a seat and a harness or something like that I don't even maybe not even a harness maybe just the seat yeah, right just the seat works fine you'd yeah. be all right Right. Then you get some coils and like suspension, things that will make the car. That's kind of smart. I like that. Yeah. Just things that will make the car respond to your inputs better. And then things that will communicate what the car is doing to you yeah. better. I've always said if you can't keep yourself still, you're not going to be able to keep the car under control. Yeah. And I'd say a wheel too. Oh, like a suede yeah. wheel with gloves or even a leather wheel with gloves. Right. Cause I think that. Again, when it comes to communicating with the car, like the inputs of what you're giving it versus what it's telling you back, mm-hmm. right? If you stock wheel, I'm not saying the stock wheel is the biggest problem. I would problem, probably but say that coilovers before a wheel. Probably. Just because like even if you can get the steering wheel feeling right, but the yeah. body roll and everything is, is going to yeah. confuse and you that might too mess much. With you too. To so even... I'd probably say seat coils and then maybe something like a steering wheel. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's just a stock 350Z. Right. And then on top of that, sometimes moving from that bigger wheel to a smaller wheel, it might help with like, you know, just driving the car in general, like in drift. Right. Because I went from, what is it? I just went from the stock wheel to like a 330. I put a 330. You don't realize how big a stock wheel is until you put it. Humongous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. But yeah, like going from that to like a 330, a 330 is like a go kart wheel. But it's like, it feels great, and I put 330 on the sim too. So, you know, from what I do on the sim to real life, it translates pretty well too. That's right? good. You don't do sim though, do you? No. Can't get past. Eventually, the, I'll get one. Can't but get past if, the whole. No, not feel anything. No, like I, I still, 
I I think it's great if it's like training you to get closer in proximity for tandem or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it only really helps for newbie drivers that have never touched a car mm. and they start out on drifting and then translate to a car. I uh, think that's the proper use of a sim. It definitely... Going from driving a car to the sim does not translate until you kind of... You do it over and over, just like regular seat time. So, yeah. To, understand I was, the differences i got my sim this year right mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna lie to you the first like three weeks of driving it i drive it for like an hour a day and i was crashing the shit out yeah, of these cars it's almost annoying at first you know? and scotty d's is a fanatec whole fanatec system it's yeah. nice stuff mm -hmm. and that was the only one i could actually kind of drive mm -hmm. but it's still dude it's just not the same so and, and i think it comes down to a well the seat time thing and then, like, your perception of speed and grip, right? And I think yeah. you have to be in the right cars. Like, what car were you driving when you were driving that Fanatec setup? Do you know? Uh, it was a Z. Okay. Yeah, was it like a it Death was... Wish? Okay. And there's different packs, too. So there's the Death Wish Garage pack, right? And there's this guy named Janky Drift on YouTube, and he, like, ranks all the packs because what this guy did, he started on Sim and he drove the Death Wish 350Z and then he bought a real 350Z and he drives that now, right? Okay. And he has a lap at Midpond where basically he's in the game and in real life and he has them playing side by side with like the same camera view and everything. And identical. it's basically identical. That's awesome. Right? And with the Death Wish pack, right? Specifically like the 240 that's in there, it has a 1J, right? And a GTX 3071, which is... Not the same turbo that I have, but pretty close. Yeah, it's relatively right? close enough, right? And it's got the same gearing and all that stuff. So easy to practice with, right? But when I first started driving, I couldn't drive a Death Wish car because it just felt like ice, right? I would turn yeah. the wheel and it yeah. would just immediately push. I couldn't tell what the car was doing and it was really frustrating. But I got, say, Gravy Garage. That's like another pack, right? I started off with that on the JZX100 that they have on there. Okay. That car, A, the way that they're the the cars are set up, like they have a fair amount of grip, right? And you can perceive that amount of grip fairly easily. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the gearing and the power and stuff like that, and the fact that it's a JZX one hundred being as a longer wheelbase car, kind of makes it harder to spin out, right? Which yeah, yeah. happens a lot, you know, when you're trying to figure it out. So eventually, once I got decent with the JZX100, I moved to a car that was still in that pack, but shorter wheelbase, mm -hmm. like an E46 maybe, right? Or at least it feels like that. It translates in the wheel like it's a shorter wheelbase car. Okay. And then I went from that to then an S13, which then gotcha. feels, right? And then once I was good with the gravy cars, I was like, okay, now I'm like good with sim in general because mm -hmm. I have like a set of cars I like to drive. I'm going to go try a different car from a different pack now. Yeah. And maybe I'll be able to get used to that. And eventually I started getting more cars and I started doing more packs. And then eventually you find the cars that you like. And yeah. then you find a car that feels like your real car. Right. But it took me a minute to get there because when you first start off on sim, like everyone says, when they've been driving for a while, you don't feel anything. Like yeah. it's just wheels, it's just a pedals, different experience. And then the brake too. Like, you know, some that was a big problem with me. I still want to like yank the handbrake like mm. normal, and they're like, "Don't you're gonna break the fucking thing?" Oh, because yeah. every single sim I've driven, the handbrake is just like ghetto rigged together. Like, oh, it's yeah. just not. 
Nah. So I would sit there and just like you'd be like yank it like normal, it. <laughs> bro. And they're like, oh, you got to be a little bit softer. I'm like, how the fuck do you be softer with a handbrake? So I'm sitting there like trying to just barely touch it. Yeah. Find the sweet spot of where it engages. Uh No. Yeah. No. My sim, I just I have the handbrake set up. I pull it just like normal, right? And yeah. like I manipulate the steering wheel. It's like. And that's the thing I like about the sim because like do get tandem practice and then it allows me to test like other techniques mm. without risk of like breaking the car. That's that's the only thing that I want it for. But yeah. my only thing that stops me from getting one is that if I'm going to spend fifteen to two thousand dollars on You're uh, not a badass computer, you just need the sim. It's well, it's an OK computer. I, what, what cards? I do some heavy editing. What's so. card? What cards in it? Uh don't remember honestly it was a pre-built that i kind of messed with a little bit i haven't if it's enough to do this you can do sim i don't know a shit ton about pc building it's, neither do i just I. watch youtube videos and yeah. get done what i need to get done that's I, it <laughs> when it came to my pc i was like I, I called john i was like hey what card should i get he's like uh don't get anything lower than this right yeah. so i just punched that in there's got like a little benchmark thing and so when i look up that card and a card for a pc that i'm trying to buy right because i didn't build my pc i just bought yeah. it or I just look up the card that's in there and it like benchmarks it against the card that he told me to not go lower than. I like just I have 48 it. gigabytes of RAM. Like it's got a decent amount of RAM Bro, for internet it. speeds and stuff, but I do heavy editing. So I have a lot of storage space that's taken up because of video footage. 4K takes up a lot of fucking I feel that. files. <laughs> but yeah, if you can I would edit have 4K, to upgrade the hard drives and all that. Yeah. If you can edit 4K and stuff like that, but yeah, you, you'll be good like that way. But yeah, my rig itself. I only paid like eight hundred bucks for it. Yeah, but that's my thing. If I'm gonna pay eight to a thousand dollars even for a rig, for which a I would master. build my own rig, but still, like, I don't want to do the Logitech or anything like that. I would have to do Fanatec. Uh, I did a just thrust to keep master. it more real. I did a Thrustmaster T three hundred. Yeah. So this set, this is this this is the exact setup I got. This is for eight hundred bucks shipped from Florida or something like that. Thrustmaster T300, the fancy little six-speed shifter, mm. load cell pedals, so it's got the nice brake pedal, right? And it came with a um, that that beach chair type rig. Oh, yeah. Right? I had to make some modifications to make it like sit not like an F1 car, mm-hmm. but I got those things, 800 bucks. See, that's not bad. I just do if I'm gonna spend eight hundred bucks on a computer that's gonna let me drive. A you wanna know bit, how much I spent on the computer? I would spend it on my car. I spent six hundred bucks on the computer. That sounds about right. I mean, that's that's a fairly decent price for a okay PC. I don't know. Yeah, I paid five hundred dollars for that one. Upgraded a couple things that I already had from an old setup. So like. I don't know. Yeah, like it's not <laughs> PCs are a lot cheaper than you think. They're not. They are. People they are. make them out to be like they're yeah, fucking yeah. insanely I mean, yeah, expensive. Yeah, but not. you don't need no like forty eighty Ti or whatever number that they're at now to go yeah. do a sim, right? And if you want to do VR, that's like that's like the next step, yeah. right? Where you might need a nice. Which I'm not too fond of that. That shit makes me fucking sick. Just like I will puke like a dog. Yep. <laughs> no, nope, I'm still there. Right. I I hop on. Uh, well, yeah, I hop on John Elrod's setup as. Three minutes go by. Yeah. First of all, my perception of how fast I'm going and where I am in the car, terrible. So like <laughs> I'll come down. There's like an OSW type copy of a map. And like 
I'm heading down the straight. I throw it in third gear. I flick and it comes back. And next thing you know, the car is like in the woods. And yeah. I'm like, how did that happen? No idea. <laughs> like, but you know, that was on VR. And then like five minutes later, I'm just like, I want to barf. Right. Yeah. But on my screen and stuff it like that. It doesn't hit me until I take it off. Exactly. And then I stand up and I'm like, Ooh, hold yeah. on. I got to take some deep breaths. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> yeah. That's And that's exactly what that's like with the, with the VR for me too. But when I have the screens and stuff set up, really all I'm focused on is just technique, tandem technique and stuff yeah. like that. You know, practicing like backies or something like that. Yeah. So I watched a video on YouTube how to do backies from ironically someone that drove at Street, uh, Spear JP, right? And that's where, <laughs> that's where the demonstration came from. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> came from there. But like the dude, I think his name is Tyler. He drives, um, what's his name? I think it's like, yeah, his name is Tyler or something like that. And mm-hmm. he drives with this um, this group out there and they just went to like final bout. But he put out this video of like how to do, you know, big big entry. He yeah. says big entry style or something like that. It's It can go backwards, right? But, you know, that's the basic premise of how to do the entry. So I just watched the video a couple of times, right? And I'm like, okay, trying to visualize how I would do it, right? And eventually I'm in the sim and I got to a point where I was like, oh, wait, I can just try this on here. Yeah. Right. And so now it's like, okay, it's something that's regular practice for me. So when I do try it in my real car, like hopefully I don't go flying through the woods. <laughs> and then also hopefully I nail it and it looks dope. And hopefully someone got a video of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully someone's watching. Yeah, so, you know, cause I, but that's, that's why I do the whole sim thing. And that's definitely why I push it now in yeah. comparison to like where, well, before and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So what, uh, what all like, I guess, brands do you tune so i guess that's what you would call brands whatever. yeah so i basically learned tuning itself on a link ecu right so when it comes to like what ecu i would recommend even though there's a haltech in my car yeah. right and i have all haltech accessories and stuff like that <laughs> i will probably tell you to get a link ecu right there's there's only been a couple instances where i've like told somebody to go get a haltech but nine times out of ten, like it'll be like Link stuff. Yeah, right. I've and always been told Haltech for RBs, but I I always loved Link better. That's mm. why I'm holding out for that. And 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 it depends too, because the thing about Haltech that I like is that, in a way, the user interface is really friendly. Mm-hmm. But it's almost, and it, this is like the best description or like comparison I have. It's almost like Apple versus Android. That's like the best way I can Damn. describe it. At, like Haltech, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's pretty easy, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially if you know what's kind of happening on the back end, you can kind of manipulate the the ECU to kind of do whatever you want, right? Because okay. in my case, I have an Elite 750, and the 750 doesn't have nearly the same amount of features as say a 2500 or even a Nexus, mm-hmm. right? So I know what I need to do to get the car to do what I want, but I don't get all the motorsport or features or something like that. Whereas if like the link, right? So there's a two JZ, that two JZ FD that I was talking about Mm -hmm. has a link Fury X in it. That thing has all the sauce in it as far as like motorsport functions. It's got built in O2 control. What's that? Those things are like three grand, aren't they? The Fury? The Fury? No, man. They're like 1700 bucks. Okay. Well, that's about just the same as the plug and play ones they have. Yeah. I was going to say, and then the plug and play ones, they run deals on them every now and then. Right. You know, so, I mean, and like I said, like, 
I'll usually sell like the, I'll usually try and get like link stuff to people and yeah. I'll just get it through tuner tools. Right. Cause Brian and I, you know, yeah, pretty yeah. good friends in that, in that regard. And, you know, I was trying to help him out. Right. But yeah, generally speaking, yeah, yeah we'll link stuff. Right. Oh, and yeah. then how tech. And then sometimes depending on what it is, like I've done some stuff with AEM. I don't like yeah. it, but you know, I did some stuff with AEM. I'm about to go up after this to um somewhere in like near Clarksville. There's a car that's mm. out there as an RB that needs some work, but it's on an AEM. Oh. Won't start, you know. <laughs> you know? RB shit. <laughs> it's a trick, it's that trigger thing, man. Cause like, and the same with the SR, right? I was tuning the SR20, right? It was fully built, had the Tomei, some Tomei servo setup on it. Mm -hmm. The dude, the dude's name is Gavin. Really cool guy. I it's funny when I met him. I met him at a car meet in El Paso, and it was a fresh off the boat 180SX, mm -hmm. right hand driving everything. And I said, "Hey man, what's got go what you got going on to this?" And he was just like, "Ah, uh, you know, I just got this car." And I was like looking at it, and I saw Adam LZ sticker on the inside. I was like, "Oh, this car's fucked." Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, "He's gonna, he's gonna telltale sign." I just, I saw the sticker. And I was like, "He's gonna buy everything that LZ got, yep. right, or something similar." Now, I don't think he did all that, but I still love the dude. He's 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 a good guy. <laughs> but he had like That's funny. 264 cams, Brian Crower this, and Pistons that, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, let me tell you something. Is this your first 240? He said, yeah. I'm like, don't put any of that shit on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't put any of that shit on. He has those brands for sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next thing you know, like eight months later, hit me up. And he's just like, hey, I got this ECU. I was like, tune it. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> so I helped him out. That car makes like 340 horsepower, right? Yeah. By the time I was done with it, I was like, it was all street tuned, yeah. right? But at the time, I was like, we're sitting there tuning this thing, and he's still learning about cars, mm -hmm. right, in a way. So we're, um, we're driving, and we're slowly making our way up, doing a pull, and the car starts to break up at like 4,000 RPM. I said, hey, man, what plugs are in this thing? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean what do I mean? What, what spark plugs are in this thing? <laughs> he's just like... I don't know. And I was like, do you know what they're gapped to? I already knew the answer was, I don't know what that means. And sure enough, he told me, I don't know what that means. Ow, and I was like, all right, fuck. pull over. Right. There's like an auto zone right there. <laughs> I was like, pull over. Right. We get in the auto zone. I was like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go get BKR 70s. Right. We're going to gap them here. Right. And we're going to put them in. If it breaks up, we're going to close the gap a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we're going to put them back. Right. And we got that done. Right. And then we, everything was going smooth. But like I said, with this Nissan like cam angle sensor stuff, whether it be on RB or SR, they have this thing where like the trigger disc has 360 little teeth in it. Yeah. And that's a lot of yeah. teeth to count, right? So if you like miss or like something else is going on, what will happen is they'll throw a trigger error and it'll stop the car from like doing whatever it is that you were about to do. So stupid. And so, you know, we changed that out and now the car runs great. Yeah. It does everything it's supposed to. But this guy did the same thing, changed the CAS out, right? And then now we're back to square one. Got to get the trigger disc figured out so we can get the car to run, right? Because the car is already tuned. It's RB25, S13. Such a headache. Yeah. This is a badass car, though. Like, I think. Know that made... shit before you go into a swap. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And then on top of that, when it like comes me. to like tuners, like, you know, find a tuner locally that you want to go with and just ask what they would do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I asked Forrest right beforehand, and then I had a good relationship with Andrew. So Andrew DiMartino, 
who drives a S, he drives a SC three hundred, mm-hmm. right? BC Racing logo, big, big. Shout out BC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I and, and you know, really good dude works for Haltech. He told me exactly what ECU I need to get, what I should buy, all that stuff. I ended up getting the ECU from, um, I think, uh, I think I got it from somebody out in Knoxville, right? The whole okay. setup and whatnot. And I was going to have Forrest tune it, right? Forrest was familiar with Haltech. He's familiar with Link. This mm. is before he started like working for Link and stuff, but he's familiar with those platforms. Yeah. So that's what I got. But in the case of say like, like Gavin in this case, he bought a Link ECU, put it in. First of all, didn't read the instructions, so he like burnt a coil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he burnt the. Uh, what did he? He burnt the igniter. That's what it was. He burnt oh, the igniter. Okay, the igniter. Because the jumpers weren't the jumpers in the ECU weren't done right. <laughs> I got rid of my igniter chip. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But he bought a bottle ECU, put it in. Right. Didn't know what was going on, like mm-hmm. or how to start it or anything. Like I got in the ECU, the thing so was empty. Funny. Right. The thing is basically empty. So, you know, and if you can do that, right, then the process will become easier. But you also have to know that you have to kind of get your mechanic skills up. Yeah. Right. Because there's been a lot of times where I've like come over to a spot expecting to just tune a car. Next thing you know, I'm doing a timing belt on a Jay-Z. <laughs> right. I'm and, sure that happens a lot. Well, it's like, okay, I came over. That's how sloppy all those drifters are. I turned the car on and I'm like, hey, this thing is out of sync. Like the 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 cam timing, that's it's not, it's no good. Right. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. I was like, I started the car and it ran and it ran like dog, like it's terrible. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, the thing's out of time. Right. He's like, okay, so what do we do? I was like, we put it in time. <laughs> That's that's what we do. He's like, well, what do I? I was Watch like, a YouTube video. That's what we like, do. Hey, we got to pull a radiator out of this thing and like, you know, we got to retime it. That's just simple as yeah. that. And I told Gavin that too when the SR ran out. He did something with the SR when he pulled the tensioner out and it jumped time just mm-hmm. by a tooth. But I told him, I was like, hey, you're, you're, the car is not in time. And he's like, how do you know? And I was like, well, when you when it's in time, you had this much vacuum. And now it's not out of time. It has no vacuum. It'll still yeah. run. It just runs terribly, right? And I guess doing time on an SR is like way more involved than like a Jay Z. Yeah. So obviously you didn't want to do all that, but it's like that's just what it We're is. We're here now, brother. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I mean. It's like you kind of have to get your mechanic skills up because say you drop the car off somewhere, right, to get tuned, and it has all these issues. Well, at that point you got two. You got two options. I can either fix the issue and charge you for the amount of time it's going to take for me to fix the issue, mm-hmm. or B, I can give you the car back. You fix all the issues and you bring it back when it's ready for just I plug yeah. in my computer and we start driving, right? But and that's like that goes for pretty much every tuner, right? Don't be pulling up with cars that are like leaking oil, misfire, and just like you yeah, know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like don't don't do that, right? Because it's Have just going to make the process yeah, just going to make the process harder. Yeah. Right. You want to get to the point. Right. And that's kind of one of those things you want to bring the car and basically have it ready to just be on the dyno. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not, you know, change. You you might do like at most like a wastegate change, like spring change because you're trying to get more boost out of it or whatever. Yeah. But you're not like, oh, like the boost controller is like hooked up all wrong and like you know all this other stuff is going on and whatever it is like you don't want to be like that and like honestly that's kind of why i learned how to tune 
because I just wasn't try- <laughs> I wasn't trying to bother Forrest with my questions. Yeah, that was really what it was. I was just like, "Hey, I, got, I was like sitting here thinking about. It. I was like, no, I can look this up. Yeah. I can figure this out. That's and next thing I you am. know, I'm on That's HPA and I just like bought the whole tuner course, right? And I was just like, oh. I was like, well, I guess I can try this. And the next thing you know, I was just like, oh, well, we're all a in now. Yeah, Let's do it. Like, I was all in, and I'm like, okay, now I ask Forrest like questions like that are like actually like tune related. And yeah, stuff but like now that. you can talk to him as a tuner. You Pretty know much. Language. But more or less, now he's like, now he's dad again, right? He's just like <laughs> his dad 2.0. Yeah, I'm just like, dude, what is up with all these people bringing broken cars? And he's just like, oh yeah, get used to that. <laughs> car guys are dumb yeah yeah he was like get used to that and i was like oh okay Damn. yeah but yeah so now i just you know when it comes to taking care of the jay-z in my car i just go go do it you know yeah i went up there um, a couple months ago be nice yeah i just got in the car you know drove it around took some data logs made some adjustments made some more data logs took, made some more adjustments like whatever right and now the car's you know pretty much good to go with this new turbo setup right but you know, before it'd just be like, okay, well now like the car's in Atlanta and Forrest is in, you know, Memphis and like, I don't know if yeah. I, you know, cause. So would you say tuning is a lot easier than people, people make it out to be? It is. Okay. It is because. I've contemplated just, learning it myself just because. It's but. another one of those things where it's just like, you have to kind of like how you learn video editing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like there's. Repetition. It, exactly. It's repetition. And then on top of that, like every project you do is a little bit different, right? You can take the same format and move it from project to project, but you're still going to be tweaking like little things here and there, right? Gotcha. And that's kind of the the premise. They give you a base map to start off with and you can manipulate that base map to suit the application rather than just like getting sent a map and just expecting it to work, yeah. right? And it's all, you know, with this, with the new models and stuff like that, like, uh, what's not VE models, not really that new, but with the, like the VE model, you're just kind of like, okay, like hitting this like row by row, Mm -hmm. making your adjustments so that you're on target with like your air fuel ratio or something like that. And then, you know, with the timing and stuff, as far as ignition timing goes, getting it right on the street is really hard to do unless you have like really solid, like knock uh knock ears and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah but like getting on the dyno especially if it's like a load cell dyno or not a load cell but like a uh a dyno with like a an eddy brake on okay. it so you can just hold the rpm at one specific spot and work your way up through that that's you know the best way and then you know obviously you still have to make like some changes and stuff and on top of that you know i think it helps me understand the issues that my car has way better Right. And that's why I generally yeah, yeah, push yeah. like standalones for some people. Sense. Right. Because they'll be like, oh, the car is idling high now. And I don't know why. You'd be able to look that up. And generally standalone. speaking, you can just like find out why. Or like one time my car like just didn't start. Like I didn't know why it wasn't starting. Hmm. Plug in the laptop, crank it. I don't see any RPM signal. Okay. I go check yeah. the crank sensor. Check the crank sensor. Crank sensor is bad. All right. Cool. Place crank sensor. Car starts right up. Or car died on track. Right. Don't know why. Yeah. Try and start the car. Cranks. It's got RPM signal, doesn't start, right? Go look in there, see there's no fuel pressure. Boom. Go check the fuel pump. Yep. Fuel pump turns on. Okay, still not getting fuel pressure. Okay, the line inside the tank burst, right? What I do? Fix the line. Turn the car on, boom, runs like nothing happened. Yeah. Took me 15 minutes to figure it out, right? Which could have possibly been a whole 
a whole a whole day ordeal. Probably. Yeah, some people that would, that would ruin their day. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Now that's not to say that you know there's you know there's not other things that can ruin your day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? It's drifting after all. I came. Yeah, I was at Muscleman. I came up short on the hairpin there, and the inside of my wheel caught the rumble strip. Right. Okay. Kind of like a mid pond where it's like you have the rumble strip and there's like a there's like a a ditch kind of yeah. before the rumble strip. Yeah, the inside of my wheel caught that and it's bent. <laughs> right. So I fixed it, thankfully. You know, three piece wheels. You know, yeah, there you go. Hit you it go. with the hammer, you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knock that with, bitch back in place. Yeah, I hit it with the hammer back in place and like tire sealed up and I just kept driving. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying this is a wheel, this is not a real wheel, like <laughs> not to get back on that subject. <laughs> keep circling back (laughs) but yeah like that's but yeah that's kind of one of those things but yeah when it comes like the tuning stuff like i just do think of things that would just make your tuner's life easier and you'll probably pay less money yeah exactly right well hell i might start learning how to tune myself hpa go on hpa there's a bunch of classes and like how much was it well, the class normally is like two hundred. I think it's like two or three hundred. I paid one fifty because I um got it when they were on uh it was like their birthday sale. Every oh, year, nice. yeah, every year they have a birthday sale where every single course they offer is fifty percent off. Sick. Okay. So that's when I usually go Cheat and that's, code. Yeah. There you go. And I got their E eighty five course too. So it was just like, all right, now I know how to do stuff with E eighty five. Cool. Damn. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll wrap it up at um, best piece of advice for anyone just getting into drifting. I would say um, probably watch what other people are doing and be mindful of your budget, right? This is not something that you want to just like jump into feet first, you know, before you just like start spending a bunch of money on like cars and parts and stuff like that. And if you're mindful of your budget, then you'll probably think like, okay, instead of trying to buy an S13 and build it, you just buy a 350Z. Mm-hmm. Because remember, S13s are junk, right? They're junk. You heard it here first. <laughs> don't well, buy you S13. heard it here probably 3 million times. But yeah. No, but if you're going to get into drifting, don't buy an S13. Yeah. I had to tell my own girlfriend that, right? She was like, yeah, I want to get into drifting. I want to have a car like yours. I was like, no, you don't. Nope, no, you don't. Back it up. No, Hold you don't. On. Time out. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I was like, you want to buy a 350Z or E46? I was like, that's what you want to get. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'd say. Like, be mindful of like the, the budget and then pick the car accordingly. Right. Because if you know, I don't want to do FD or anything like that, mm-hmm. then don't be trying to like, you know, do stuff. Overbuild. Yeah. That would, that you think or you're preparing yourself for the future. Now, if that's something you want to do, go ahead. You yeah. know, I always say cap out your driver's skill first and then add parts. Yeah. Most people, it's like, uh, someone said this to me. They're just like, if you can't, it's like if, if the car is holding you back, right, then you can upgrade. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But if the car's not holding you back and you need to understand what that really means, like when the car is holding you back versus when it's not. Yeah. But if the car is holding you back, then you go get parts. But if it's not, stay where you're at. Right. <laughs> too easy yep that was the best way to put it yeah. hell yeah well uh you got any sponsors or plug yourself anything like that no sponsors no sponsors underworld j on instagram you know that's just where i post most of my car stuff awesome um and then underworld media is where i post most of my media stuff but i don't really post that much on there it's mostly yeah. just on instagram at this point gotcha. so it's just underworld j 
Awesome. Underworld dot J. Mm. Well, up on the screen in the description, of course. Uh, but that's pretty much it for this one. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Grab the merch and see you next week. Peace. Sick. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a good one. Shit. Look, they said that I couldn't do it, so I wouldn't do it. Did it. W's only, you know I've been winning. Top of the world, the globe is spinning. spinning. If you know, you know I've been on a what? Mission. Mission. Go. Okay, let's get it. Got a little time on my hands like a wristwatch. I don't got time for the...